Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. You know what, Matt? It's amazing what you can do when you don't have to look at yourself in the podcast anymore. It's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I wondered what line you'd pick. I, I had no idea. Hi, everybody. I'm Griffin Newman. I was two hours late to recording today. <laughs> oh, God. It was insane. David Sims. Hi. Hi. Uh, this is a blank check with Griffin and David. You guys are just listening to an episode of a podcast. You're just like, oh, it's uh, Sunday night. Uh, blank check's in my feed. Yeah, I fucked up badly. <laughs> I've been losing my mind, and I've been staying up till 6 a.m., yeah. and then I Don't do that. slept through. Ben and I yeah. were talking about how you sent us a text, like one of your late texts, where like yeah. we get a text from you at like 3 in the morning, and we're like, who's this for? Like, who is he, sure. you know? Who does he think he's texting right now? Well, that's also me. To asleep people. Not realizing it's that time. And also three o'clock is when I'm just getting started. Oh, God. You mean- In the uh, words of Ron Shelton. Yeah. Oh, God. I read this interview. Very topical joke by the time this episode comes out. The NYC movie guru interviewed Ron Shelton, and I Uh read the interview, my friend, and it is worth reading. Uh, Ron Shelton doesn't like dirty jokes or fart humor. FYI. That's a guy. That's weird. I know. Because they're definitely fart jokes in just getting started, right? I have no idea. We haven't seen it, but there has to it. be at least one. All right, let's let's not get too sidetracked. Sorry. Let's get sidetracked. <laughs> um I uh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm losing my mind. But <laughs> just but, stop losing your mind, okay? I gotta stop it. Make a promise. I well look, here's here's and on the record. Uh-huh. I've been going crazy staying up late working on this part that I really want to get. Uh-huh. And by the time this episode comes out, I probably will have not gotten the part. <laughs> on the record, baby. On the record. Someone else will be doing the job by but the time. But at least you went crazy. Yeah. Mm. But but here's the other thing. If I do somehow get the part, then this will seem awesome. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. I'm not going to get it. Can I interject with a a, a funny thing here? Please. Yes, please. Great guest. The level of casualness with which you're projecting with your legs crossed and that cup of coffee (laughs) is so at odds with how late you are. It's, it's your, you should be like, (laughs) how? Yeah. You should be like super professional right now. Like, he looks, he looks deeply like sure. An absolute ready to go. Right. Guy. He looks Marin-esque. I think your your point is that I it's it's not an arrogant casualness, it's a professional. What you're saying is I'm the most professional person alive. You I mean the way you hold that mug is very professional. Sure. It's very Andy Richter like just leaning right in. And, I'm trying to, you know, I I feel like I almost sunk the ship. I'm trying to pull the Titanic out of the look, ocean. We're recording this episode cuz there's I would Alex asked me uh like is this the latest Griffin has ever been? Correct. And I was like, I think so for an episode we then record. Yes. But you have just not shown a couple times. But I don't think you've ever been like There's this one time I remember late. distinctly when my bathroom collapsed. There was the bathroom time and then there was the time when you like left your wallet at home or you oh, like lost true. your wallet that's or true. something. I lost my wallet. Yeah. yeah. Those were both in the old days. Those were in the, the old UCB days. UCB days. And then, and then the Lang, the uh, Oh yeah, no, that's right. Episode. I see. I'm good. I, I took the mic away. Thank you. Yes, me yeah. and Rachel Lang hung out for quite a while. But I think this was you. the longest. This is the this is the worst I've been. I'm a anyway, fucking shit. Doesn't boy. matter. Me and Alex have all this well, don't gossip. Spoiler: Who the guest was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be anyone. Alex uh, Jones. Yes. 
Today we have Alex Jones on the podcast. I was going to throw something else in there, but even off the top of my head, I couldn't think of many other Alex something. I know. I was I was like, how do I not know? Trebek. I immediately, yeah. Trebek. Yeah. I immediately thought of, immediately thought of Alex Tromboli, uh, which from American Vandal, <laughs> yeah. who's not even a real person. It makes you realize, though, there isn't really an iconic Alex of the generation. You have the ability to become the first name Alex, maybe. Mm. Alex D. Linz. <laughs> but, hey. Well, yeah, I mean, but he but he's he had a shot. Yeah, he had a shot. I'd say you and him were neck and neck, but you've maybe started pulling ahead. What's in a name? <laughs> I feel like you could, you should put Alex D. Lins in one of your movies. Ah, uh, he hasn't made a movie since two thousand seven. All right, Perfect. forget it. Ready for comeback? <laughs> you, this is your Tarantino like, I just, reclamation project. I just saw a picture of him, and he kind of looks like a guy who could be in sort of like a. You know, like a domestic drama or like an indie movie or something, right? He looks like a guy. He's got glasses. Normal guy. Normal yeah. guy. He actually does. He looks like someone. He could someone, be like a barista in a he, movie. He would or, fit perfect in a listen up, Philip. We could get him in there, but I, I'll think of another Alex by the end of the episode. Okay. Cool. Uh, uh, you were you were sort of trying to surreptitiously yeah. introduce our guest. Through our guest credit. today, a returning guest. A favorite. A friend. Huge fave. Um, he is the director of films such as uh, Listen Up, Philip, yeah, and Queen of Earth and sure. uh, Golden Exits. Which will will it have Ooh. come out? Yeah, by when, this? when does this come out? This is posting February twenty sixth. Oh, great! So it'll probably still it'll still be at Metrograph, where it opens. Where it opened two weeks ago. Go see it at Metrograph and other places in the internet and country and cities. Yes. Are your movies going to still be on Filmstruck? How long does that last uh, for? At least a year. Okay, oh, so awesome. yeah, so go to Filmstruck. Go watch like Impolex or yes. whatever. Yeah. All my movies are on Filmstruck. Yeah. yeah. And you have it, a lot of great bonus material, a lot of interviews that you're All conducting, people are conducting with you. Mm-hmm. It's a treasure trove. A lot of stuff and the new movie's out. So yeah, this is really time to... And it's a good movie. And I tried to send Alex after I saw it, this metaphor that I had described to my girlfriend about... Humble uh, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I get to describe metaphors to her. Uh, <laughs> about a magnet sweeping through iron filings and moving them around without picking them up. And I think Alex was just completely baffled I got by it. that email. I got it. Yeah. But thank you guys. Great to be back. Most famously uh, Alex Ross Perry known for, of course, the insomnia episode. That's his biggest credit. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. We didn't say his name. Alex yeah. Ross Perry. Uh, thanks for being here. This is, of course, a podcast about filmographies. <laughs> oh, God, what a disaster this episode is. <laughs> Directors who have massive success earlier on in their yep. careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes right. those checks clear and sometimes they bounce. Baby. And this is... This is it for a Hollywood ball. Yeah, yes. We, we have put ellipses around this miniseries. I, I'm going to try and talk you into an L bonus. Okay. I think we could do an L bonus. And skip Black Book. Yeah. I don't know. And skip Tricked, which is not and really a movie. skip Tricked, yes. But yeah. I, I, think, I think there might be some value. And uh, Emily Yoshida was pitching me on an L bonus. And I was kind of like... Uh, but she was not the first, too. Like, a lot yeah, of people have been like, you guys got to do L. yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, but this is the end of Hollywood, Paul. I'm not against it. This is the end of Hollywood, Paul. Yeah. And it's weird because it's kind of viewed as a check bounce, but. Yeah. Is Hollywood, Paul, is that what he was called no, at the time? Yes. Well, we call him that. No, but this miniseries is called. Paul Verhoeven in Hollywood. It's called Podship Casters. Podship Casters. In the two hours we had hanging out here, I didn't ask what the this name was of called the or right. where you're at with Verhoeven now that this is the end. Well, like, you hate spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just, you know, so I was caught up to speed because by the sure. time. People hear this, they will have heard all the others. Correct. At this I, point, we have recorded every Verhoeven episode but one. Mm-hmm. I won't reveal which one. But none of them have come out yet. No, of course not. To give no. you a time and a place, we're recording this before The Last Jedi has been released. Yes, that's right. Before Griffin's even seen it. Before but The Greatest Showman's been released. Before well. The Greatest Showman. We're in a pre-GS. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I missed that screening because it was on a Sunday afternoon, and I have like uh, people in my life who I want to spend my time with. Humble brag. It is post post. It is post 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 us seeing post. Yeah. Right. Oh, but, but pre us releasing post. Yeah, that's true. Right. We recorded our post episode. Mm-hmm. Have you seen post yet? No, can't wait. It's great. But by the time this comes out, I will. So I should have just yeah. said, yeah, I've seen it. I yeah, saw it two months it. ago. Right. And you can <laughs> and go on, on the, the record, record. What's your review? I'm. Sh- I, it's amazing. I yeah. think you'll love it. I, I think you'll dig it. Yeah. yeah. There's a almost 0% chance of me not liking it. Yeah. Much like there was almost a 0% chance of me not liking Hollow Man when I saw it <laughs> twice opening weekend. Twice opening yeah. weekend? Oh my, I'm so glad you're the guest on this. So There's, this is the movie where we were kind of like, who's going to want this one? You know, right. like, <laughs> and I did float to you a long while ago yeah. in like an email thread. I was like, do you think Alex would want to do yeah. Hollow Man? It was like a sort of a random guess game. Jones two thumbs and I have you on again. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you like emailed the second I think the Justice League episode dropped so that, that the Paul news went live and you were like, can I do Hollow Man? I will Man? reveal when it comes up the very ulterior motive for why I wanted this. Oh, amazing. There's oh, a specific oh. Hollow Man related reason that I desperately wanted to somehow become part of the public Please record. Please tell me you're remaking Hollow Man. Well, Please not. tell me this is your platform to announce that you're I'm rebooting I'm taking over the Dark Hollow Universe. Man. I'm directing the Johnny Depp Hollow Man movie. <laughs> uh, there's a specific reason that this movie loomed large for me that I'll, it'll come okay. up organically. Well, yeah, because the crazy thing is we've, we threw a flyer to Yoshida. Or, or dear friend, mother well, of blankies. Flyer is even too strong. I, I essentially shanghaied her where I was like, uh, maybe you could do Hollow Man. Like where I was just like trying we to think of her. a guest. She's a yeah, beloved yeah, yeah. guest. We were like, why not have you on? It looked like and she probably she, wasn't going to do our she, following well, miniseries after exactly. this. She loves Verhoeven, but she was like, I don't, I'm not, I never right. even saw Hollow Man. Right. So it was not a good fit. Right. Um, the reason that I saw this twice opening weekend, mm-hmm. this is a big summer for me. It's the first summer I had a friend who had a driver's license. Uh-huh. So sure, we were right. free. 2000, the summer yes. of 2000. Yeah. yeah. We were free. Um, and we could go do whatever we wanted. I don't even know where you grew up. I don't know where you're from. From Bryn Mawr. Okay. Outside okay. of Philadelphia. Right. Uh, so if anyone saw Hollow Man opening weekend at the King of Prussia movie theater, I was probably there. Because <laughs> like, I saw it twice. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah right. Probably a one in 10 chance. Probably yeah. Friday and Sunday, but I'm not ruling out that it might have been Friday and Saturday. <laughs> so what for you, age... 16 or how you know like what um was the was it like i can't wait to see this new verhoven movie was it like i'm a big kevin bacon fan or was it just like there's an r-rated violent like horror movie out in august that i can't wait to see or are you an invisible guy (laughs) or were you i was an invisible boy Right, right. Uh, all of the above. I mean, uh-huh. this, this was also a big special effects movie. Like, if you were a filmmaking yes. nerd, this movie was kind of For a sure. hyped up. If you were watching HBO First Looks yes. and things in the 20 at the time, this was huge for me, but all of the above. But this was, for me, um, like right at the time where I was becoming uh, aware of the whole game of talking about directors. So sure, my whole right, thing would have right. been like, come on, guys, this is the director of sure. RoboCop. and. Right. And other movies that we like. This isn't just some movie. Yeah, this like, is part of a new. Was it RoboCop, Total Recall, or was it also? Were you also like into Showgirls was, and Starship? Troopers? I was only at that time into Starship Troopers. Right. I didn't. I had probably hadn't seen Showgirls yet. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I was just like, guys, this is. We know Paul Verhoeven. This is an important person. Right. Uh, so that was it. And also for the other reason that I'll get to shortly. Did you get people to accompany oh God, this you? Is, this is like he's it's got on a string. It's not that exciting. When, when it's revealed, you'll roll your eyes. Probably. Uh-huh. I can't uh-huh. wait. Uh, do you get people to go with you? Uh, yeah. It, it was different been, groups. Well, my, friend with, my friend with the driver's license. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. Sure. Both uh, times? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Wow. I just think we liked the effects. and then The effects are, are very fun to talk about. Um, this was like, we also had fake IDs to get into R-rated movies because awesome. this movie theater really carded. Yeah. 
So whenever we could get into one, we felt like we'd gotten away with something. Generally, it would then be a double. You'd stick around or maybe buy a PG-13 movie. Right. But I saw this movie twice opening weekend. And then not again until three days ago. Wow. Wow. Um, I uh, did not see this movie in theaters because it was rated 18 because I lived in Britain. Um, ding dong ding. Uh, and, you know, in Britain, movies are rated 12, 15, or 18. And mm-hmm. if you're under 18, you can't get it. It's not an R-rated thing where no. it's about getting a, no a, adult an accompanying guardian. Right. Uh, it was rated 18, which only movies that are inc- either, like, incredibly sexually explicit or yeah. really violent are rated 18. And this movie's kind of both. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, sexual violence will usually get you an 18. Yeah. And, um... So I had to wait for video on Hollow Man, but I had the poster in my room. Whoa, before you'd seen it? Yes, because those were the days when I would just get posters. You could like go to the movie theater. I could sure. go to the Odeon and just be like, do you have any like leftover posters? I love that era. And I they would just give yeah. them to me. I wonder if yeah. they still do that. I bet they do. I see like, that like sometimes when I'm at a screening at some like far away art house theater. Thing. Like they don't do it here. Like but. I don't think you could walk into like the AMC 34th Street but like I think if you're like a local theater mm-hmm. like they're just like yeah we got a bunch of shit in the back we don't need like standees and all that stuff. I, I'm a man of many regrets in life. Sure. I'm filled to the brim with regrets. One of the top ones for me was I went to what at the time I believed would be like the last public screening of Margaret. Sure. Before the Save Margaret campaign happened, when it just played, Did at, you see it at the Cinema Village, the Sunshine. No, before that, it was okay. Right. It was originally it was only at the Sunshine, at the Village, right. right? And it was there for like ten days in September before it was ousted. And I was so obsessed with it that I knew, okay, this is the last day it's going to be playing. I saw the latest showing on the Thursday. So you asked for the poster. I saw them pulling the poster down. I didn't ask for. Oh. It. And I was like, I'm never. They're never going to release this movie on DVD. Because it was caught up in so much weird legal No, I limbo. remember at the time yeah. it did feel like this sort of ephemeral thing. I and felt like course, if I don't see it a second time in theaters, the I will cause. never yeah. see it again. Because the cause didn't pop up for like two more months. But I was like, I, I could get this Margaret poster. And even though it then probably became more available, the idea you of it being like now. the one they yeah, pulled no, down romantic. from the sunshine. No, I just remember, I mean, I don't know if you remember the Halloween poster. Do you guys remember? It's like yeah. a sort of a silhouette, mm-hmm. white mm-hmm. on black. Yeah, it's a good poster. When you said uh, you were a man of many regrets, I thought you were going to say that you didn't see this in the theater. I also didn't see it in the theater. Well, I had you were not probably seen pretty it. young. Yeah, right? I had you not were... seen it until uh, two nights ago. Oh, oh okay. I, also I, I rented it whenever yeah. it came out. On I, told, I also realized I told a lie because I did rent this on DVD and watch it right when it came out because this was a big early DVD show. Sure. Yes, yes. Because it was like the kind of movie you wanted in the DVD format with the good sound. Right. And I believe it had, you know, the special features n- yeah. about the, the normal of... 2000 era special features. Right, right. Do you a guys, featurette. Do you guys remember Superbit? Yeah, this was a Superbit. This was a Superbit. Right. Superbit was I'm glad, so I was trying to remember what that yes. was called. I could picture the silver box, but I couldn't remember. I was going to say Ultra Bit. It was Superbit. And, and it had like videos. this steel yes. border frame around the movie Yeah, it poster. looked like you had bought the Terminator 2 DVD yes. for all DVDs. For all DVDs. <laughs> yes. And the idea was... We, we're going so fucking extreme on the picture quality here, even though it's standard def. Right. <laughs> that we don't even have space for special features. Right. It's right, all right. the movie. That was like the big deal was like if you were a real like, this, yeah. like kind of like cinephile, you'd get a super bit. But then you'd also have to get the regular commercial release so that you could have the making of stuff. Are you saying that when you watch this movie for the first time, you watch it on a super bit? I watch it on a super bit. Um, congrats to you Thank for you. watching. I, I bought the Blu-ray, so I own this movie on Blu-ray now. I'm going to buy it. Uh, which I usually, with yeah. blank check, I enjoy when we pick a new director. I yeah. go to Amazon. I load up on the Blu-rays because they're usually cheap because Blu-rays, you can get them for like two bucks. Yeah. And then I, I, there is always that moment where I'm like, 
yeah, but I'm not going to buy this one. This I can sure, rent. Sure, sure, know? sure. Do I want to own this forever? Yeah. Um, but that's why I own like The Weight of Water on Blu-ray or whatever. You know? oh, no, on iTunes, I think. Sure. Um, but uh, I had the poster. Can you tell me the tagline? Because I think it's a great tagline. <sighs> Fuck. I was looking at the poster last night. It's a question and an answer. Is it what would you do or some it's, hypothetical pondering? Yeah. Think you're alone. Think again. Oh, okay. That is a question and an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Griff, Griff, got the door. Get the door. Okay, let me get the door. Uh, delivery. Uh, well, I don't think we ordered anything. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I think what, what I think tr- box. Let me just drop this off. I'll call up my supervisor see if they have a false delivery. Okay. Oh, you just leave. The, oh wow. All right, and he's gone. Oh, he's gone. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> Playing music or something. Is this a cereal box? Hello, I'm Sarah Koenig, and I'm inside a box. Oh, God. It's a cereal box. Yeah, it I is. I thought you guys wanted a cereal box. Uh, I, I think there's there's just been a bit of a mix-up. I asked myself, who would want a cereal box? Why well, would someone order that? I think a lot of people... What pe- is this box doing here in Sarah, this room? Sarah, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I know I you're monologuing. I can't hear you very well. I'm inside a box. <laughs> uh, ben, can you just get the box off of her? Like, yeah. you know, just open it up. All right. Uh, here. There you go. All right. Sarah, hi. Sarah. Hi, what's going on? You're a legend in podcasting. Oh, Thanks for being here. Thank you. And I thought to myself, why is he complimenting uh, me? Uh, is this for some greater gain? <laughs> or is he just being nice? Uh, Sarah, if you can just focus in on me for a second, I know that's hard. I stared in David's eyes. He seemed trustworthy, but was thank I falling you. for him? <laughs> well, could knows? I be objective anymore? Me. Sarah, um, let me tell you about Cereal Box. Blank Check is sponsored by Serial Box this week and Adaptive Studios. And uh, that's it's an app that uh, National Public Radio has called the HBO of Reading. You work for National Public Radio, so you know what I'm talking about. I do. Radio. Uh, a device we use to listen to audio. All right. Well, Adaptive Studios, they're an entertainment studio. They reimagine how film and TV and digital projects are developed and produced and distributed. Much like I reimagined the podcast when I created the first podcast? Correct. And thanks for that, by the way, because yeah, this you. is going well for us. You're... Welcome. Um, Mail Kip. Um, uh, Serial Box brings you gripping stories written by best-selling and award-winning teams of writers who like develop these stories in a room, like a TV writer's room. They have new episodes released every week, and you can read or listen to all the serials at no extra cost. And you can switch between listening and reading in one click. So like, if you're on the subway and listening to it, but then you uh, get off the subway and want to read it on the app, it'll pick up right where you left off. I thought to myself, is there any kind of special deal? I guess I'll never know. Some of these questions can never be answered. Well, they've got this new serial called False Idols, uh, and our listeners can get this series now with a 20% discount on the first season of False Idols. If you go to serialbox.com slash blank check. A 20% discount. Wow. Now, for some perspective, usually people pay 100%. Uh, right. Well, you get 20% off if you go to S-E-R-I-A-L-B-O-X dot com slash blank check. Only paying 80%? You have to go to serialbox.com slash blank check, or you can go to the redeem page and use the code check18, but then you will get a 20% discount on the first season of False Idols. So I have to check the box 18 times? No, you just use the code check18 on the redeem page. But... What Sarah, about Jay? I'm, I'm going to let you finish, but let me talk about 
Let me talk about false idols for one second. Sure, sure thing. You know, it's about an FBI linguist, Leila El Deeb, who is deep undercover, posing as an heiress in the Middle East and has to infiltrate highest echelons of society, trace some priceless relics. Uh, and uh, her trouble pass and a growing feelings for an art dealer's son, complicate her judgment. And there's a big terrorist plot that she has to uncover and she has to decide where her loyalties lie. It's a, uh, you know, it's heady stuff. It's like the kind of stuff that you like to dig into. Yeah, that sounds interesting. But it still leaves one question. What about the Nisha call? Forget the Nisha call just for one second. And let me Very remind tough. you. To America to- cannot forget about the Nisha call. S-E-R-I-A-L-B-O-X dot com slash blank check. Or go to the Redeem page and use code CHECK18 for 20% off the first season of False Idols. Uh, well, thank you. you know, I want to put you back in the box. Okay. Yeah, Before I do, just box. say, Jane and Anne did it together. Oh, all right. <laughs> hey, sorry about that. Wrong, wrong. Uh, I was supposed to deliver this to Flat Stanley. Do you know where he lives? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's always mailing himself Flat everywhere. Stanley, he's very famous. Everyone knows who Flat Stanley is. <laughs> ah, forget it. I'll figure it out. Sorry. Uh, and as I was telling Alex off mic, um, in the like, you know, 15 or so minutes before you showed up, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever period of time that was, um, Kevin Bacon is my favorite actor, as I think I might have mentioned on this podcast. And, and you've mentioned a lot in your life. You, you'd like to put some bacon on the dish if you can. I've, I love a side of bacon or, a, you know. Or on top, a crumble. Yeah, main of A bacon. strip in the middle. You're fine with whatever. <laughs> uh, and boy, and you get some bacon strip in this movie. This was, this was one of those first movies you whenever. Do, you get some bacon strip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get into it. Um, is this the most CGI most penis? Dick. No, because I was thinking well, it's sort of this and Watchmen. I think, Watchmen I think this trumps it. This has you more thinking about the fact that his, you know, dick is sort of flapping around as he's doing all these horrible things, like killing poor Greg Grunberg. Yes, and this you know, movie was killed by a naked man. And this movie has, uh, <laughs> it, it has the the dick depicted in different states. Yeah, right, right, like right. You they, rarely had to use CGI. This was a one. I mean, they didn't scan Billy Crudup's dick. They scanned Kevin Bacon's dick. That's yeah, his they definitely dick. like they just had an artist come up with a dick for Watchmen. This right. is Kevin Bacon's dick in fifteen different forms. Right. Um. Yeah, they probably had a whole day of like photographing it from every angle. But I mean, pointedly, they did. Um, I but, read a uh, lot of stuff. On I this loved movie. Kevin Bacon. Yes, you love Kevin Bacon. And so I was very excited for this movie because it was uh, that rare Kevin Bacon vehicle. Yes. Uh, which you know, usually he was your you know your off ball guy, but he had had Stir of Echoes the year before, uh-huh. which I think is an underrated little movie. It's like a nice little scary movie that got totally blown out of the water Sixth by Sense. the Sixth Sense. Yeah. Uh, and then he was in My Dog Skip. Sure, this same this year. This same year right? in yeah. Hollow Man. And then after that, yeah. he stopped being a star. Because well, like 80s, he's a leading man. And then 2000s, he becomes either like a villain or like the right-hand man, good guy. Right, but you skip the 90s. You skip the 90s in which he has this. I'm sorry, that's ins- what I meant the 90s was. That, the well, 90s was that. Right, he plays a lot of heavies. Heavies, villains, weird guys, right. like this incredible character run like that is Apollo like 13. the basis right. of like the, the game, of the Six Degrees game. Sure. Where it's like he just pops up in a lot of things in a lot of different like scenarios of JFK, a lot of great actors. Murder in the well, First. Well, do you want me to run it down for River you? Wild, run it down for me. Yeah, the big picture, which I think is a great movie. The Christopher Guest one? Yes. Uh, Tremors, Flatliners, mm-hmm. uh, JFK, which yeah. he's so good in. Mm-hmm. Few Good Men, which is where I fell in love right. with him. Uh, the air up there in which he's circumcised on screen. It's the second thing I've told you about circumcision today, Alex. Mm-hmm. I have to uh, wonder what the first one is, Griffin. <laughs> uh, the River Wild. Yeah. Uh, which he's, I think, I, I love that movie. Yeah. And he's, I love him in that movie. Uh, 
Murder in the First, mm-hmm. his only SAG nomination. And then River Walls got 13. a Globe nomination, right? I think that's right. I think for both those movies, people thought he might get the Oscar yeah, nom, yeah. and he didn't. Apollo 13, Sleepers, and then Sleepers is where he really starts to be like, let me just be like really monstrous on screen a lot sure. of the time. Uh, wild Things. Yeah. Stir of Echoes. Yeah. Well, he starts, he starts engaging in, in the kinky side. Yeah. He gets a little kinky, right? He does, Even he does. when he's not playing sexually explicit characters, there's a sort of weird, dark charm to what he's doing a lot. How do you feel about Bacon? Well, that's a, that's a great run of notable movies. Yeah. Like, there's nothing in there that everyone's like, wait, what is that? Right. Yeah, he yeah, like, was some good directors, He was too. never like yeah. an anonymous guy, and I kind of was thinking during this, like, what I, movies like this are so amazing because there was this like brief window that I was kind of trying to figure out that I'm sure you'll have more on mm-hmm. where guys like your Bacons and your mm-hmm. Goldblooms and your Cages mm-hmm. suddenly somehow became like a viable studio yeah. leading right. man for yeah. a right. summer release where it's like they're kind of locked in. Nicholas Cage somehow goes from Wild at Heart to Con Air in like right. six years. Right. Yeah. right. And like Kevin Bacon somehow goes from like, you know, those things to this in like 10 years. Right. Goldblum had a point where he was in three of the 20 highest grossing movies of all time. You know, which is crazy to think about. Just, and it, that's like after he was making, you know, Transylvania, the tall like guy, fucking, right, 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 and like right, trapped, and yeah. you know, uh, deep cover. Like he's, and then suddenly he's just the leading. And I feel like Bacon is the same kind of thing in this movie, which I believe as a thing totally ends around this time. Yes, those guys are either movie stars, but then there's no more like Steve Buscemi becomes the leading man in a movie. Like no. he gets to be in there, but I feel like watching this movie and thinking like, oh, there is a time where. A 45-year-old man yeah. who became famous 15 years ago yeah. is now the lead in a studio summer movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that was to me a very interesting thing of being like, but also, there's no version of this now. I mean, we could just talk about Bacon for this entire episode, but you go like, obviously Footloose is the big thing, right? After being in like, but at that point he'd already been in like three iconic well, movies. He's, he's already been in like in, Animal uh, House, Animal House Friday, Friday the 13th. The 13th right. right. But but like Footloose is what makes him like a leading man, right? Sure. And there's a career he could have played in, out like, from there. Like she's having a baby. Like right. he has those '80s leading guy roles where he's right. like he's handsome. I mean, right. He's a handsome guy. But he's talked about the fact that he felt uncomfortable. Yeah, he didn't like by it. the way he was sort of viewed after Footloose. Quicksilver. Sure. Hey. He does a lot of comedies. He does a, co- a lot of leading man stuff. But when he gets to the Not '90s, a little bit. oh, and he's in Diner, of course. Right. Yeah, right. Right. So good in that. Right. He's got those three movies yeah, before right. Footloose. Mm-hmm. But then when he gets to the '90s, he wants to like shake that off. Sure. And I think there's a lack of vanity to him that I've always really loved. For a guy who could have been just a very conventional leading man at that point, yeah. doing things where he's not above the title or where he's number two or where he's playing the oddball, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or just doing like heavy lifting support like Apollo 13. Love him in that. He seems to just fucking love acting, you know? Yes. Um, and I read, I don't know if you guys read this. I must have read this when it was published as well, which was He has a very good reputation too. Yes. It's like a, a nice guy. Hardworking you know, dude. Right. Um, he, uh, when this movie was coming out, uh, wrote a, a column that I think ran two or three consecutive weeks in Entertainment Weekly called The Hollow Man Diaries. Mm-hmm. That must have no, been a big I, part I, of why I was so excited oh, for this I have this called up. Okay, great. Oh, no, no, no. Great, I great. was, I owned this copy of Entertainment Weekly and I read it over and over yeah. again, his diaries. And it includes his utter depression over the uh, flop of Stir of Echoes, which yes. came out while he was shooting this. Right. And then just the miserable process of making this movie and being like cast in rubber and wax. But but it goes from him being miserable about trying to get this movie and thinking he wasn't going to get it to him being miserable about making this movie. The first half of the diary is him trying to impress Paul Verhoeven and get this gig. And their first choice was Robert Downey Jr. 
Interesting. Who turned it down, and he remembers reading in the trades. He thought he was going to get it. He reads that they've offered to Robert Downey Jr., and he hits rock bottom. Right, right, right. Which you go, at this point, Kevin Bacon's been famous for like 20 years, right? Or has been has been a working actor for 20 years, has been hyper-famous for like 15 of those. Right. And still is in this state where he's like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to get the part. Like, he's like Griffin Newman waking, staying up until 6 o'clock in the morning, being two hours late to his podcast, because he's stressing out about getting a job, you know? I'm an idiot. But but he, yeah, really fucking wanted this job and thought he wasn't going to get it and felt like there's a really touching thing at the end of the diary where he's complaining to his daughter who was like eight at the time about right. like the movie and the toll it taken on him and everything. And she said, Dad, you remember how excited you were when you got this and you were jumping up and down and crying? Right. But like it's you co- really wanted this part. It's cool that he didn't think like, I'm not going to get it because I'm kind of an older guy yeah. and I don't get the lead in movies anymore. Right. It, right. He thought he wasn't going to get it because he just thought he lost it. And not only that, right, like that he had given it away where he's like, I wasn't yeah. even trying to get leading parts anymore. So maybe, yeah, I can't. Any, like, and I'm, you go, it's like him versus Downey Jr. And Downey Jr. was at like a real rocky state at this point. This was him like trying to get back up. Yeah. But he still had a couple more like slap downs after this. This is like, in between I, Wonder Boys and Ally McBeal. Well, Wonder Boys comes out this same year. Right. Right. And Ally McBeal is a one, I In the Variety piece where they say that he was the first choice, it says that he was just filming Wonder Boys. Yeah. I so think, he was sort right. of on a, a reclamation tour. I think Downey Jr. probably wisely realized he couldn't play someone this monstrous if he was trying to, like, get America's heart back. Which is also yeah. exactly why I think they wanted him to do this because right. he was so seedy at this point in time. But he's like in In Dreams as a creep. Like he had yes. done some creeps uh, recently. So yeah. Maybe. Downey was. Yeah, Downey. Yeah. So do you feel like Bacon at this time, like who does he have to impress in Paul Verhoeven who just, maybe you've covered this, but like is coming off of a pretty bad period himself. Yeah. Yes. And not only that, had just made a movie featuring essentially like animated you know, Barbie and Ken dolls. Like, it's right. not like he was like, look, I just worked with Casper Van D and Kevin. So I don't know if I'm going to like, but, but he know. said he felt the need to make a movie that like worked, you know, he, he was like that, feeling a little smarted. That was what compelled him to do this movie. He doesn't like this movie. Right. We've, we have, we, we, do you know about like, he's well, just, he's very down on this movie online just yeah. like after watching it. Yeah. Where he's just like, I made that movie essentially to prove this point that I could still make like a movie that made money. And he said he was so depressed afterwards that he was like, he moved back to Denmark. He like, right. Where, and I think he kind of correctly said like a lot of people could have made this movie. And I never felt that way about a movie I made before. Mm -hmm. And I think he's right because the script for this movie is really weak. Yeah. Uh, Although Alex may disagree, and I'm excited for Alex's take and for the mystery of uh, why he wants to talk all about and all the other things that are going to come up on this podcast. Sure. He's correct in a sense that no one else could have made his movies. The way they were made. Right. But but this movie, everything that's interesting about is Verhoeven. You know? Sure. There's there's sections of this movie, there are elements of this movie that feel a little more conventional. But I'm saying that I I consider that baked into the cake. I think what's interesting into the cake. I, I consider bacon into the cake. I think everything that's interesting about the visual effects in this movie is very much in line with where he was at in terms of visual effects at that point in time. He was very <clears throat> excitingly engaged with that stuff. I mean, at least after Starship Troopers. Yes, yes not for sure. prior to that at all, really. Right. Um, and he's just like, it just seems so pointless for him to make a movie that has no point of view and nothing to say, which yeah. all of the other movies. RoboCop, Total Recall, up until right up until Starship Troopers, they all have a very distinct point of view. But also, like a lot of those movies, in my recollection, 
are things that like other directors were always attached to, like Cronenberg yes. attached to Total Recall. Right. But then Verhoeven makes it, and it's obviously the only good version of that movie that would have been made. Yes. Whereas this feels like, and I have a fun list of uh, potential other directors, that Verhoeven is not. Yeah. But this feels like, and again, these are not all people of this exact moment, but like, I'm going to try to find it because I wrote down some fun well, ones. Well, there's yes. the like, one this is- obviously very verhoeven hook to this movie, which is the Invisible Man would just be a creep. He, he yes. would rape people. Right. Yeah. That wasn't necessarily his idea. No, no but I'm I also, assume the script had I'm also curious idea. like what the origin is of the like, not your grandfather's blank and like why that would have seemed like a good idea. Well, I think there's an even bigger thing. I mean, you made your Dark Universe joke earlier, but there was this run that ends with this movie essentially, mm-hmm. but runs through the 90s of Let's take the Universal Monsters. So you're saying, well, there's Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein. Even uh, before that, Wolf. Bram Stoker's Dracula Wolf. and Wolf. Yes. I think all four of these movies are, let's take the classic Universal Monsters. And the Mummy, monsters. which I think is right before this. Yes, the Mummy is uh, 99. Yes, but I think that's outside of this. The four movies no, I'm- No, I think that's in this. The, the point I'm making is the four movies that are, what if we take the classic monsters and make them really sexual? Yeah, rated R. Right. No, <laughs> right. I, I agree with you which on is that. Wolf, Frankenstein, Dracula, and this. And then Shape of Water, weirdly, is a spiritual- <laughs> Shape of Water is its own thing. Origi- we'll talk you're about saying this is the original Dark Universe. Yes. Or, right, so oh, that man. Imagine if you yeah. united Nicholson, Bacon, yeah. Yeah. Uh, De Oldman, De Niro, De Niro yeah. yes. and uh, Arnold Vosloo. <laughs> yeah, that's a murderer's row. But there yeah. was like a lot of that stuff was happening. <laughs> yes. Uh, for whatever reason. But none of those, I mean, they're all kind of not your grandfather's so right. and so. They're all, and they're all sort of like modern takes. And The like, Mummy was the yeah. only one that Except Universal actually did, which is the one that yeah. isn't hypersexual. But to that end, like, you know, like watching this and thinking about it in the context of Verhoeven, who I love tremendously yeah. as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like this is not Stephen Summers or like Stephen Norrington no. or like Len Weissman or like any of these kind of like genre y guys who mm-hmm. you can make from like that era an R rated genre movie. Like any of them could have done that, but Verhoeven's like he's special. He could do something else, and instead he just kind of makes the like. Van Helsing underworld version of this movie. Yeah. Van Helsing is a good follow up to what you were talking yes. about. Well, yeah. I just That's the Avengers of the 90s dark universe. Trying to do yeah. it yes. backwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept on thinking during this, like, could you imagine if this movie came out in like August of this year? Like how how the whole fucking critical community would react to this movie, which at the to time. this exact movie? Yes. Like if this, mm, yeah. What, what I'm saying is when this movie came out, everyone was like, uh, diminishing returns for Verhoeven. But it's so Bizarre. I don't think it's a perfect movie. No. But it's so its own fucking thing, and it actually does have ideas in it. I don't think it has a coherent thesis, which the other Verhoeven movies, the Hollywood films, do. Right. I think this movie is more just batting around a lot of stuff. And the fact that the ending is such a shrug goes to show that he didn't really have anything he was, like, winding up to say. I mean, this movie is, what if a guy was an invisible man, right? Okay, 20 minutes and he becomes invisible. And then immediately he... It attacks a woman. Squeezes her boobs. Right. Like, I mean, like and two minutes invisible. in, he yeah. squeezes Kim Dickens' boobs. Ten minutes in, he's raped a woman. Well, and then there's an hour and a half of movie left. No, which, there's like an hour. I was watching the clock pretty close. I was this. watching the clock. Because what I think is interesting about this movie Maybe is it's essentially minutes. the first half is kind of a character study of what would be the psychological effects if you didn't have. If, yeah, it, it's sort of, of what could what would you do if you could get away with anything? Right. And then there's a point where the movie just becomes a slasher film. Yes, right. exactly. It's just the last half. One, right. one, one right. being That's picked like the off. halfway point. Right. It's yeah. very strange um, how like non-specifically Verhoeven-y it is, but also like to your point of like what if it came out? I don't think at this time people thought about him. No. I think like this is that, no, not really. the point I'm I think I wrote make, you both an email yeah. about yeah. this like in the middle of your Catherine Bigelow series. Like I think this is a movie that could have been reviewed upon release without people mentioning that Paul Verhoeven made it. 
Yeah. Because at the time, no one really took him seriously. Yes. He was that he was f- famous as having made hits, but no one was like, is Verhoeven back after the bomb of Starship Troopers? It was just like, whatever, this is some summer thriller. He, he almost yes. was viewed like Wolfgang Peterson, where uh, it's yes, like exactly. you've divorced Das Boot from the guy who's currently right, making right. Poseidon. I remember because I, I would read all the fucking reviews of everything, whether or not I was seeing it. Me and too. I remember everyone would just be like, it's a dumb summer, like, fuck you, whatever. And I remember Time Out New York was the one place that, like, viewed this of a piece with the Verhoeven arc. Yeah. And I was like, wait, this is supposed to be an interesting movie? Like, this is a movie that people are engaging with critically, but it was the only review I read that was going, like, Verhoeven's, like, really smart about the fact that, like, if someone had the power to become invisible, a man would just use it for sexual deviance. Which is very, very, uh, that's a point of view. But also, like, this confuses the fact that the other Paul Verhoeven movies were... Very satirical, yes, and the, but also lurid and gross and sexual. Right. And this is just lurid and gross yes. and sexual. The yes. problem this is removing this movie the lacks satire, yes, which all of sure. them, all of them are. Yes, Every single correct. one of them. Correct. I mean, they're even, all comedies. Yeah, in like a yeah. way, they're even L and like still, yeah. like yeah, L's a comedy. He yeah. does yes. these things that are like, yeah, but what's like absurd about this situation is this thing that I can see because I'm this weird right. Dutchman with. Right. Black humor. He's Oatu the Watcher. Very much so. Yes. yes. The Dutch Oatu the Watcher. Yeah. Yes. And yet, like this, just there's no like. But what's absurd about this is it's just like what's absurd about this is how much blood there is, and what's absurd about this yes. is like watching an invisible boob gets like a boob gets squeezed by an invisible hand. Right. Well, that's the thing. And by the way, the yeah. only image from this movie I remembered, other than the infrared penis dangling, it's I remember the bizarre. infrared dicks. Yeah. I remember him the- smashing the dog to pieces for like no reason, except yeah. they kind of needed him to do something crazy. You know, for like they'd, it'd been ten minutes since he'd done something crazy. Sure. And I remember also. Bacon describing in his diary how they shot that scene, which is he has a real dog. Yeah. And he's like, hey, doggy, hey, doggy. And then he passes the dog off screen and is handed a, a, a fake yeah. dog mm. full of blood that he then smashes oh, around. Yeah. And when we rewatch it, I notice, yeah, he totally like just he like takes mm. it out of frame. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the thing with this movie for me is that it has some of the most. Uh, bizarre, upsetting, I think brilliant imagery he's ever come up with in any film. Because he's mostly just kind of into the visual possibilities of this guy. The stages yeah. of his body and the way he interacts with the elements. Right, well, but that's there are moments in this fun, movie yeah. where it like, feels like, there are images that feel like fucking like Unshan Andalou for me. Where it's like, this just makes me so fucking uncomfortable. Like what? Uh, when, when she uh, has the sort of makeshift flamethrower. Mm-hmm. And he's in his weird burned state. Yeah, that's cool. That is very cool. Right. Uh, the rubber mask is cool. Too. The rubber mask is incredible. The rubber mask is so good. It's super fucking super upsetting. Cool. But I even think things like the groping are really bizarre the way they do the CGI the, fingerprint. The first When he's choking scene. Greg Grunberg. Yeah. Some of the stuff where it's his hands touching things, the way it's realized is like really fucking creepy to me. But my complaint is kind of like the set is sort of anonymous. It's a weird donut underground. Right. So much, uh, so many action sequences take place in a hallway. It also feels to me like, um, I I was talking to to someone who worked on The Shape of Water. Yeah. uh, Asking about how they got it down for that budget because the sets are so big in that movie when they're in like the underground lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, the secret is we only had like one set. Right. And we shoot it from different angles and we redress it. Right. And this feels like a movie where they came up with one section of the lab. Yeah. And the whole movie takes place in these fucking hallways that they keep on shooting from different angles to make it look like it's an intricate series of like an underground maze. After the movie ended, I wrote this down. I went back and like, maybe I didn't, 
Uh, exactly. But like, there's like 37 minutes of this movie that does not leave the lab. Except yeah. for one yeah. short scene yes. with Brolin and Elizabeth Shue at their house. And then it, it's like a 40 second scene and then they're back to the lab. And you're yeah. mostly in these hallways. You know, yeah. it's like it you're gets almost, very repetitive. It's almost entirely in this lab. But, yeah, from like 20 to 55, yeah. there's 60 seconds not in this lab. Yes. Which is weird. Which And it's also a very indifferently designed lab. It, but it also feels, it yeah. feels like if the movie was budget, like 55 no, the budget was 90, really high, 90. 95 It feels million. like 60 of that is special effects. Well, yeah, and the rest right. of it is like a set. Pointedly, it says on the Wikipedia, and who knows how accurate this is, the budget was 90 and 55 was just for the digital effects. I mean, that's, that's perfectly sound. logical. Like, when yeah, he yeah. set out to make this movie, he was like, I want to push fucking visual effects. $55 million goes towards CGI. The rest of it will like do what we can. That balance is not weird. I mean, that's no, totally ordinary, I think. Right. It's I, just it, yeah. it's cool that they were like, yeah, but also the movie can be violent and sexual. Yeah. We're not yeah. Gonna, we're not going to protect right. our investment and by making this movie accessible to people. No, it's a Columbia movie. It's a big studio movie. I mean, it came out in August, which in 2000 is your kind of dumping mm-hmm. yeah. ground for your more lurid uh blockbusters. But yes. But it did pretty well. I mean, it opened big. It, it did okay. It it opened very big, especially considering August, and it did well overseas. It did okay. It made 190 yeah. Yeah. worldwide. It made 73 domestic. I think Not that's great. a reason they might have been hesitant to cast Bacon, though. Yeah. It's like, A, we've well, designed this movie to not need that big of a star. And B, will a star that well-known be okay being invisible for that much of the movie? Right. Being this unsympathetic? Yeah. Not, not being invisible. So we yes, got we got to talk hollow. about billing because this is the first email I sent you guys once I fired this up. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I had Elizabeth totally forgotten. Had Even time. though I had the poster in my house. Yeah. Uh, in my room yeah. next to a training day poster with just a huge Denzel and like a tiny sliver of Ethan Hawke's face behind <laughs> That's him. That's like a great indifferent set design for some young man's bedroom. Yeah, yeah. where it's just like, I don't know, <laughs> these then, movies are violent. And then you would say, why are those the two movies in his bedroom? And then it's like, oh, they're both released by the studio that made this movie. Right, right. and right. they both came out in the summer of 2000. It's, yeah, it's that's, a rom-com it. with a flashback to the character being a teenager <laughs> in 2001 and those uh, are the no, two tra- posters. Training day is 2001, I believe. Yeah, right. I said yes. 2001. Yeah, no, I know. I, right. I I was correcting myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what does a really good version of that? Uh, the movie that you already love because you've seen it now, The Post. Mm-hmm. There's a scene at the beginning where they break into, uh, uh, where are they? The, one of the early break-in scenes, they're surrounded by Fox posters. And it's really good Breaking? era appropriate Fox posters. It's when Ellsberg is copying the oh, papers. Oh, yeah, right, right. You're right. Yeah, like Invasion you'll of the see. Body You'll see. You'll yeah. love it. It's I, really I, good. I've loved it by now. Original Planet wow. of the Apes. You just, yeah, you've loved it. It's yeah. your favorite movie of the year probably. Went wild for Odenkirk's performance. But you were yeah. going to talk about the Holloman billing. Oh, oh yes. yes. Okay, yes. so yes. Um, the you. billing of this movie. Thank you, Alex. I'm just excited to talk about it because it's baffling. Is yes. number one billed right. Elizabeth Shue. Now, they got her first. Yes. Like, they made it very clear that the most important role for them was her because I think they viewed that as this is our, our Laurie Strode, you know? Uh-huh. This is our final girl. That's really who the audience is going to have to connect with in this movie and thought maybe we'll get a down-on-his-luck character actor to play the Hollow Man. But still at this time, they were like, you know who can be our final girl is like a 40-year-old woman. Right, right. That's Who's true. Like four uh, years yeah. off of an Oscar nomination is true. kind of in a career swing. Uh, well, let me give you her, you know, after, you know, Elizabeth Shue and as uh, um, fucking yeah. Hamlet 2 says, uh, Dreamer with the fucking horse. Is right. that, isn't that the line? But she has a, a big is 80s. Where, yeah, it's Dreamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a big 80s with Karate Kid and the Back to the Future yes. sequels and Adventures in Babysitting. Right. Uh, and then she's in the underneath, uh, yeah. and then she's in Leaving Las Vegas. Suddenly, right? she's like a serious actor. Now. So the '96, yeah. she's in the Trigger Effect, the David Cap okay. movie. Forget that. Then she's in the Saint. So they both were with Cap. 
They did both work with Kep. Yeah. Uh, Kep's pe- people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Saint is a huge bomb. Sure. Uh, but it was a big paycheck for her. Yeah, and she's above the title. Like, and she with wouldn't have gotten that part pre-Leaving no, Las Vegas. Not. That was a big That's revival. Her, and then yeah. she's in Deconstructing Harry. Right. Then she's in Palmetto. What's Palmetto? Oh, what's oh, Palmetto? Volker, Volker Schwandorf, fucking Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. It was a very, really? very sexy thriller. Gina Gershon, I believe. I think so, In a yeah. classic, like, mid-90s it's Gina like, Gershon uh, role. If it's not The Bayou, it's, like, essentially The Bayou. <laughs> it's, like, everyone's sweaty and, like, the lawyer's office is, like, above, above I gotta something. See this. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, the lawyer's office. You know, it's, like, that run, it's true, that run of mid-90s are, like, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil yeah. or, like, Twilight. You know, these yeah. movies were, like, Savannah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Twilight's a weird one. Robert Benton's Twilight. Fucking, like, Paul oh, Newman, Hackman, yeah. and Sarandon. It's like hot movies about hot, like sexual adults in some in, yeah. in Louisiana or Blood Florida. and wine. Yeah, indecent exposure. It's like cr- anyway, or so, decent proposal. That's what I'm thinking of, right? Well, that was actually a hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's also Woody. That's that. also yeah. Woody. That's well also Woody. I mean, yeah. indecent proposal has the best trailer of all time. Yeah, Woody had a sexy '90s. He did, yeah. even though his hair was thinning, and he was the idiot from Cheers. <laughs> I mean, no offense. It's a Woody. weird underbite. <laughs> yeah. Palmetto is very solid. I check that out if you like Elizabeth Shue. Check Shoe. that out. Yeah. Check that, uh, yeah. There's like a very out. sexual, like I think he's either Woody Harrelson's either like a cop or a lawyer, but there's a yeah. very sexual, like frisking thing that becomes uh, like a consensual bit of, of fondling between him and Elizabeth Shue. Um, and Shue, then Shue is great. I mean, she's very. But I'm just yeah. just cousin Bet. Uh, whatever, yeah. uh, Molly. I've never even heard. No. Of oh, I looked that. Molly up. It's like a, a, a handicapped adult movie. Oh my god! I think it's either like, Down syndrome or it, autism or something. I instantly so, want. I instantly <laughs> wanted to see it. Yeah, that's actually that's actually autistic. She's so oh fucking god. good in Leaving Las Vegas, a movie I've never been crazy about. I I like that movie. I she, don't know how I, do you feel about Leaving Las Vegas. I haven't seen it since. Yeah, yeah I haven't time, seen it since. I, I bet was a it, I bet it would hold up. I, I think it doesn't hold up. I think she's the element that holds up entirely, and it was because she was mostly like a, a kind of teen star in the eighties. It was like a big deal that now, like, oh wait, this is a serious actor, right? And then she doesn't really get the parts no. that. I mean, play to her she ability makes some terrible decisions, yes. I would say, or sure. whatever. She just doesn't get the right roles. This is her last role. And at this point, she's 40, which in this awful fucking industry yeah, sure, is sure. like. But what's cool is that they're the same yeah. age in this movie. I like yes, that they're I both. Love that too. I yeah. like that they're both adults. It's and they're adult pros. Movie. They're pros. It's right. very, it's a very Verhoeven thing, even right. after Starship Troopers. Like, she's a sexy adult. He's a handsome adult man. Yes. Her character likes sex a lot in this movie. I don't yeah. know if yeah. you noticed that that yeah. seems to be the only defining character trait she has. Unfortunately. Is yeah. that she yeah. really is sexually aggressive whenever she's alone. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, but it's cool that they're both, it's not, I mean, I don't know who in 2000 it would have been. I'm sure we can think of something, but it's not sure. like 30 year old woman and 45 year old man. Right. Right. Kind right. of gross. It's it's not Denise Richards and Casper Van Dien. Right. Yeah. Or well, like no, Denise, or, or like Denise Richards and, and Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Sure. In yes. the movie yes. Wild Things. Right. Yes. Right. Um Yes, it's not Wild Things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, but I think you're right. I also just but I do think like it's almost crazy to me to think that Bacon like had to fight for this role yeah. because I mean, it's like he was born to play this role, which he might be upset to hear. Right. But it's like you need a guy who you're only gonna see for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, whatever. Yeah. Who you just need to go know like yeah, the second that guy goes invisible, he is he is just being the worst. Well, you know that yeah. because he has like a knee-length leather jacket. Yes. He has a knee-length leather jacket. <laughs> he lies to Congress like at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And he tells 
the most convoluted, terrible uh, Superman anal sex oh joke. Uh, yeah. uh, like that, oh. like eats up like a minute and a half of screen time. Longer, longer. <laughs> so I remember bad. that as a big schoolyard joke. I like, remember hearing no, I remember that, that joke, that joke too, yeah. but like he tells it slowly. Even very ben, slow. ben, Even Ben jumped in to say how bad that joke is. Right, yeah. So Ben, even let's, ben let's get Ben in there. The yeah. producer. Ben, the producer yeah. Ben. Uh, the Haas. Mr. Hositive. Yeah. Mr. Positive, the Poet Laureate, the Tiebreaker, the uh, Peeper, Dirtbike right, Benny, right, right, yep. Soaking Wet Benny, yeah. the Fart Detective, the Meat Lover. Mm-hmm. We, we haven't wished you a Hello Fennel in a good period of time. It's been a while. Yeah. I mean, you are the fuck master. Yeah. You are not Professor Crispy. No. And you have graduated to certain titles over the course of different miniseries, such as Kylo Ben, producer uh-huh. Ben Kenobi, yeah. Ben Night Shyamalan, Ben Say, Say Benny Thing, Ailey Ben's with the Dollar Sign, Warhaz, uh, Ben 19, the Fennel Maker, Perdue Bane, and also, um, oh, this is the one. Hmm? Well, whether or not we're doing a bonus episode. He's Robo Haas, I guess, right? I guess so. I, but we don't usually name him ha- within Haslo the Man? miniseries. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. We're throwing out options. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about stuff. People, have you ever covered that when you do that, Ben just sits with his hand on his forehead? Like as though like you're just jabbing him? <laughs> no. It's good to get that on the record. But I'm glad that you Throughout pointed that out. the entire duration yeah. of that, you just... Because the whole time so far, you're kind of engaged. You're watching. You're, yeah, you know, he's then good as soon as, that, as soon as that happens, your eyes close and you're... Hand touches your temple. Well, especially True. because I do it when Ben's getting ready to actually say something. So I'm stopping him from making a point that he wants he to make. He needed at that to point moment. out how bad that Justice League joke was, yeah. which is more relevant now <laughs> than ever. That's like the most bottom of the barrel, post like Crimson Peak Tarantino, like script polish kind of joke. Where it's like, yeah. you know what this movie needs is like 60 seconds of lewd pop culture. That's yeah. what it is. It's, it's a guy who so thinks bad. he's Tarantino who's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to have a whole Superman walk and talk scene. Right. It's it's the mall rats kryptonite con. It's, yes, it's unbelievable. Yeah. We were talking about Kevin Bacon's character wearing like a, this long leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. And the whole problem I had the whole time is they are trying so hard to make science seem cool. Well, we're also, you have to remember, we're post Ian Malcolm here. Sure. Like Goldblum was kind of and, at the and forefront. And post the fly, of that. Right. post David Brundle. All, all the Goldblum yeah. scientists are cool. That was Goldblum's whole thing: was can I make scientists like rock stars? Seth, Seth Brundle, David Brundle, uh, Seth, Seth Brundle. Brundle. Yes. You got it there. Uh, I played uh, taboo with my family over uh, the Thanksgiving break, Humble which brag. at this point was a year ago. Humble yeah, brag, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I was teamed up with my mom, who is probably the worst taboo player in North America. <laughs> uh huh. And she uh, because she just says the word by mistake every time, or just she's she just doesn't bad at both sides of it in every way. <laughs> right, right. Here's another thing my mom does during taboo. Yeah, she gets a card and she goes, um, uh, pass. But at that point, she's already taken up ten seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but she got fly as a word. Fly. And her okay. clue for me was David Cronenberg's first movie. Right. And I just like put my head in my hands and said, I know it's not what you think it is. <laughs> and my siblings were like, that's the most Griffin moment of yeah, all time right. was like, I don't know the, what the, the word you're trying to get stereo. me. Yeah, stereo. <laughs> but you, right. you I was like, is it scanners? Yeah, is but it couldn't rabbit? you think of what her idea of I his first movie I went would through be. all of them. Yeah. And then I was like, which one was it? And she was like, fly. And I was like, that was his fucking sixth movie. Oh, like seventh. Tenth. Yeah. Like, are right. you kidding me? I went like fast company. Like I was going like <laughs> deep cuts. She was like, no, his first one. I was like, it's not the one you think it is. Use a different clue. Um, this I was thinking about the fly a lot during this. Yes. He's a very fly, reckless guy 100%. doing his experimentation on himself. Yeah, yeah. no, yes. He's in right, the tradition right. I already mentioned of like, here's this weird actor from 10 years ago who's yes. now the star of a movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also he seems smart and cool and old, so right. he can do whatever. 
And Elizabeth Shue kind of has a Gina Davis. She could be a Gina yeah. Davis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's very fly-like minus the like overt disgustingness. Um, but still, and also Brolin is the same as the stand-in boyfriend in The yeah. Fly who like, I don't even remember who the actor is, but like he's just it. some hunk but of meat. Brolin's a total backstory in this movie, which is fascinating because it looks like that was going to be the rest of Brolin's career. Brolin in this movie is, it's wild to think that he is now Thanos, you know, I like, know. and like whatever, like that he is like Hollywood's like, big burly guy his body is so disgusting in this movie when he has his shirt off it's huge and puffy and smooth and he's got the glasses I think to try and make him look nerdy because otherwise like we're just never gonna buy that this guy is the third scientist like the guy who's like I don't know guys if that's a good science experiment Josh Brolin's one of those guys and I'm gonna say this as delicately as I can he's one of those guys and I think Hollywood has now figured out how to shoot him and how to dress him uh huh but he looks like a six foot two man with dwarfism. Oh, that's a good point. He's got very weird proportions. How he's tall got do short you think arms. He is, I think he's like six foot one. Really? I yeah. Don't think he's he's got tall. very short arms and a really big head and a stubby body. He's five mm. ten, which okay, is a perfectly so, you know for Hollywood pretty tall. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I remember like seeing him do monologues on SNL and going like he looks like he's five foot one. You know? He's the one who's absurdly rich just from online stock trading, right? Like he oh, made, really? he made like so much money doing that. He's sort of like a Jeremy Renner. That's amazing. And like being in movies is just like kind of a joke to him yeah. or whatever. Imagine how much he's cleaning up on bitcoins and stuff. Oh my god, he, he probably, probably yeah. Thanos likes yeah. bitcoins. He's like, very <laughs> weird in this movie, but the scientists are very sex. Those two are yes. sexy. Brolin's kind of like a potato. <laughs> and then, with glasses, right? And then you have like the the rest of the bench. You have Kim Dickens, but she's been given this short haircut, I think, so that the audience will be like, "She's a real scold." You know right. what I mean? Like, right? She's I thought her haircut out. was more like, "Oh, she's like crunchy because yeah, she wears she could no be crunchy because she wears no bra and loves yeah. animals." She wears no bra. She's a vet, so she's I guess she's very like, two thousand in this movie. Oh my uh, god! The style. Outfit. She's wearing yeah. giant baggy pants with yes. like little totally. tiny cardigans with and, nothing underneath. Right, the button top. I like adore Kim Dickens. I also find her like I couldn't believe she was incredibly in appealing. Where like, was she you know between I mean? this and Gone Girl? Uh, so I mean, because this would have seemed like a great break for someone getting yes. in a Hollywood movie. She's like the fifth character. Yeah, I mean, take right. your top Speak- off for your and There's you know worse <laughs> right, ways right. to the and top. Then, exactly. And then when I saw her in Gone Girl, I was like, who is this actress? She's great. Yeah. Where, well, she she, she mostly goes to run. TV because yeah. she, well, no, before then she's on Deadwood, and, and oh, yeah. everyone who was on Deadwood then went to Lost because uh-huh. Damon Lindelof was obsessed with Deadwood, and when Deadwood got like kind of untimely canceled. Yeah. He like started just literally writing parts for everyone in Deadwood. Oh. And so there's like season three and four of Lost. It's like it practically is just like the Deadwood guest star cavalcade. They were like, they were in the tail <laughs> section. Paula Malcolmson, yeah. you know, Kim Dickens, welcome them all, you know. And uh uh but Who was she on Lost? Uh, she was Sawyer's uh Yeah, she oh, was Sawyer's yeah, uh yeah, recurring yeah. mark and right. the mother of his mm, child right. Clementine. Interesting. Yeah. Um but so She was in the blind side too, right? I want to start at the beginning because we were talking about Palmetto. Yeah. Her debut was in Alan Taylor's Palookaville, which is a 1995 movie. William Forsyth, Vincent Gallo, Lisa Gay Hamilton. Like, it's like where we're just like, (laughs) just like who? Uh, Frances McDormand is in that movie. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, I think she's sort of a note, you know, she was in zero effect. Remember that? Oh yeah. Sort of the love interest in that. She's in Mercury Rising, which we have invoked a weird I feel amount like of times. You just talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to. yeah, I talked about how badly I wanted to see it because it was about a weird kid. Right. Yeah, and then this year she's in Hollow Man and the Gift. I think she has a small mm. role in the okay. Gift. Uh, and then she's in House of Sand and Fog, which I believe she's like the like you know the 
I remember her in that. What was Ben doing? <laughs> he sent me a hilarious note. I'm never going to do what he asked me to do. But no, he she moved to TV. Like yeah. Deadwood, Lost. She was in 20, 12 Miles of Bad Road. What's that? The HBO show with Lily Tomlin that was oh. filmed but never aired. Oh. I've always been obsessed with that. Yeah, yeah. They shot a full season of that. And then she's in Treme, which is, I feel like, when people really take her seriously. Sure. And then she's She's the best Gone part Girl. of that show. And yeah. then that's when she sort of loops back around and she's in Gone Girl. And, yeah. You know, the great Miss Peregrine's home for beautiful, I mean, peculiar children. She's really, she's great, but she's, she's pretty good in this movie. It's a yeah. shame that, like, yeah. the- the, her most memorable scene is having her bosom squeezed by an invisible yeah. hand. Well, the, yeah. the boob grab scene is just a, a feat of visual effects where right. you are kind of like, how did they do this? Yeah. It's yeah. So, so upsetting. Dude, um, invisible acting fucking rules. You're just into invisible acting? I think it's great. You mean being the invisible one or being acting against someone who's meant to be invisible? I think it's like for the actor, it's the best kind of performing. For I them, so, right? So, and for us. Would you say... That the hour and 50 minutes we were waiting for Griffin, he might actually have already been here. Thank you. Oh my God. Wait. That's what I'm going to do just, in this much Ballyhooed audition just, as well as show up two hours late. Is it the go, whole time he was just in, in here naked, yeah. Yeah. invisible, waiting to see what we would you say about him? Yeah. Because we think we're alone, but were we? No. Yeah, he was just standing there naked. I was, I do, I was I actually just, early. You guys don't realize the, that. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Okay, David, I got to bring this up. Uh, I got to talk, talk about this. You're going to get upset, but I got to talk about this. Classic Griff pitch? This week we're sponsored by Audible. Oh yeah, that's right. Ooh, what a twist. Ooh, an Audible pitch. Yes. Yes. We are sponsored by Audible. Here's the thing. You can listen to us gab about, jaw about in your ears. That's right. And you'll get a lot dumber. Mm -hmm. But you know what makes you smarter? Books. Books are good. You gotta get book learned. Um, but I never have the time for books. Well, I, you do, I, I'm you always... do. If you're listening to this very podcast right now, you have the time for books. That's true. I could listen to the book. This is a two-sided ad. I'm telling you simultaneously to start listening to audiobooks through Audible and to stop listening to our podcast. <laughs> uh, you can get the Audible app. Yeah. You can uh, find clips. You can nav- uh, navigate through chapters. You can sync it with your Kindle and, you know, go back and forth. Because this is an Amazon company, baby. You're in good hands. It's a great company. Never done anything wrong. Not scary at all. <laughs> um, and if you go to audible.com slash um, check or you text check to 500-500. Text it to a number. We're in the future. Uh, you can get um, a special offer from audible.com, which is a 30-day trial membership. And uh, you can listen to a book. Yeah. And I have one in mind, personally. Because here's the thing. Yeah. You're thinking, okay, look, I'm a neophyte. (laughs) I only do one thing. It's listen to Blank Check. I've Mm -hmm. never seen a movie. I've never read a book. Where would I start? The only thing I know is Blank Check. Well, maybe you want to read or listen to a book by uh, a Blank Check guest? Uh, the duh. Like Richard Lawson? Maybe a heard of him? Who just wrote a book called All We Can Do Is Wait? But more famously just joined the Five Timers Club on Blank Check? Uh, very good point. Yeah. So if you go to audible.com slash check and you browse the unmatched selection of audiobooks, uh, you can download a title for free and start listening. It's a book. I just ordered it. I'm excited to rip into it. It's a coming of age novel. Yes. Uh, it's narrated by Holly Linneman. I, I got the hardback. I got lower back problems like crazy. I'm walking around. This thing's in my backpack. It's clunking around. Well, well, well instead, just go to audible.com slash check, or you just text check to 500-500. Right. 
and you can uh, get a free 30-day subscription. But then also buy a hardcover and just leave it in your apartment to help out Richard. 30-day 30, 30 trial membership. Friend. He's a mensch, and we should, we should support him. So go to audible.com slash check or text check to 500-500 to get started. All we can do is wait? No. All we can do is sign up for a trial membership on Audible. That's right. That's all we can do. <laughs> Want to go higher? That's all we can do. Now about the Holloman. Oh, God. Uh, to round out the ensemble, we got Greg Grunberg, aka uh-huh. Fat Keanu Reeves. Sure, Joey uh, Slotnick. Okay, Joey Slotnick. Now, now this is where this is, this is where my this is oh. where my thing comes in. Yes. Oh, here we go. Yes. Oh, I need baby. help with this. Okay, because this is important to me, and this sure. is a big part of why I was thinking about this movie a lot when it came out. Uh-huh. Do you remember? And if not, someone in your fandom, a blankie, has to provide this. Do you remember how much Craig Kilborn? Made Joey Slotnick a running gag. No, forever. Slotnick was like his Abe Vigoda. Yes, why? One hundred percent. I don't know. Was Slotnick a part of the the gag? Like, no. Would he yes, show like up? he was always there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Joey Slotnick was always on Craig Kilborn as himself because Craig Kilborn seemed to have some relationship with Jonathan Silverman. Okay, they seemed to be friends. Okay, so he was in the single right. guy orbit. <laughs> yep. Sure, yep. and therefore <laughs> he was always. Joe, we're we're just staying right in 1995. Yeah. We're he just was, never leaving. Yes, that's right. So he was part of the SGU. He was all yes. Yeah. Yeah, where well, you got Ming Na. You got Ernest Borgnine. So they weren't made fun of <laughs> got by Slotnick. Kilborn. Yeah, but yeah. he okay. was deep into the single guy somehow. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Slotnick was always the butt of some running joke on Kilborn that I can neither remember nor find <laughs> online. I cannot remember it so, nor find it. Oh, I yeah. see. So you remember this happening, so but for you don't have evidence of it. Leading yeah. up to the release of Hollow Man, Kilborn was always talking about Slotnick, and Slotnick must have been on five or six times. <laughs> Jesus. He would pop into the beginning. He would be a cutaway. So you were watching Kilborn every night. Every night. It was another reason I knew this movie came out in the summer. Yeah. Because I was watching Kilborn every night. So this is Kilborn. This is incredible. Post Daily Show? Or is yeah. this? Yeah. This is late this night is after when Letterman. He's late night. I could watch okay. Letterman, then watch Kilborn. He gets late night yeah. 99, right. I think. So, so this, this is, is early Kilborn. Yeah. And late the way night. he wants to make his mark on late night is by having some <laughs> running gag with Slotnick yeah. that I barely remember, but remember so vividly Jesus. as happening. So when I had the opportunity to. Because I was not invited to be here. I asked to be here. Yeah. <laughs> it was because I need to just see if anyone else remembers how or why Kilborn was always talking about Joey Slotnick to the extent that when I saw this movie with my friends. Right. And when he came on, I said, there's Joey Slotnick. Thinking that this would be funny. Yeah. I thought everyone knew that the, they were the, in on the, the words Joey Slotnick could get a laugh. He was like snakes on a plane. <laughs> yes. Jeez. Truly. And I can't remember what this was or why, but someone else has to be able to. There's no proof. I Googled it for a little bit. Yeah. You like tried Couldn't to. Couldn't find anything. There's no clips of like, oh, I, 10 minute compilation of Kilborn Slotnick. You, you know, one problem I think that you have is that. Uh, I think CBS has just erased Craig Gilborn yes. from the internet. Yes. Like they just don't want to acknowledge that that ever happened. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I know connects this is that I believe also summer two thousand, maybe two thousand one, two thousand one, when John Favreau's Made came out. Uh-huh. Sure. His Jonathan, directorial debut. Jonathan Silverman is in that movie very briefly. Okay. And that was also a big running Kilborn thing. <laughs> he kept every time. Favreau or Vince Vaughn would be on the show, he'd be like, most important question, why is Jonathan Silverman only in one scene of the movie? Oh my God. So this is why, this is my real reason for being here today. It's not that Paul Verhoeven's one of my favorite filmmakers yeah. and I wanted to re-examine his most unheralded film. You just, you've been waiting, you've had like an alert for when we're going to cover a Slotnik. Yeah. And I just, no, but there's, some, there's something about this that I can't remember and we, because then he's just like science dork number three. Yeah. Like he's uh, just the nerd who wears right. sweater vests with a tie. Do you think Yeah, he has no role in this movie. It's almost insulting. It's unbelievable his role how in many this movie. the whole before I remember like, this how movie does he becomes even die? he just gets killed like everyone else. 
He, he just gets like stabbed he with gets a stabbed crowbar through the chest. Yeah. Right? yeah. Before I remembered that this movie just becomes like a slasher. Yeah. I was like, why are there so many people in this movie? Yeah. There's a lot of people yeah. in it. Like, what is there? Because there's him. So now, okay. So my so, Slotnik thing is planted. I've let that right, out. There. Right. right. So anyone who wants to get at Alex Ross Perry about Joey Slotnik and Craig Kilborn's relationship, just somewhere I'll I'll right. look at the I'll look at your Reddit and I'll try yeah. to figure out if anyone exactly. else is like I watched Kilborn and I actually remember what you're. What's talking your home about? mailing address? Can I send you a letter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what's your annual salary? Do, no, do you want my theory? I got a I got a theory and I don't remember this bit right I was not I was not a you were too young for right yeah, yeah. Or yeah you weren't a kill Although I, I, you're, I you're, not, like, you're not killborn again no I would, I would sneak like stay awake and watch Conan on my little like rabbit ear TV I never I never dipped in the killborn but um my bet is that those were like his drinking buddies that his like pussy posse if I may at the time was like Silverman Slotnick like some weird group of like NBC, like primetime, like God. hammocked in between what friends depressing, yeah. and mad about you yeah, sitcom guys. When they would like try and launch like Union Square out of friends, right? right? Like right. that run of uh, failed sitcoms. Right. And it was like an inside Veronica's joke closet. that he tried to make happen with the American public about oh him. Worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, and it made me thing. super aware of Hollow Man. <laughs> And made me, you know, 17 yeah. years later be like, there was something about Slotnick. It's and, like a splinter yeah. in your mind. You can't like. And I looked like, if it works for even one person, then it was works worth man. it. Slotnick's Wikipedia <laughs> page is really me. depressing. Is it? Oh, I mean, God. not that there's any. It just looks oh, like. no. It just has very little effort put His into it. His profile picture is him shaking hands with Steve Wozniak, oh. who he looks nothing like. And yet he, played, and he played in Pirates in, of Silicon Valley. Just, like, I feel like his page, like, it like, doesn't look have. Look at this, like, <laughs> sort of bizarre tableau. It doesn't have, like, links to the movies. It's just a list of movies. Yeah. Well, then it becomes just like, because it's some movies like Twister, Pirates of Silicon, right? And then it's just TV shows. Mm -hmm. It's like Alias, CSI, Boston Legal, you know, like Twister, just, by the way, is another cool scientist movie. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These scientists, they they drive cars and They're stuff. They're like kind yeah. of fun, normal, down-to-earth mm -hmm. people. Another Apollo 13 turned lead in a cool scientist movie Very cast true. Member. That's, yeah, that's right. Every Apollo, because Gary Sinise uh, got something too out of this, right? Like. He had to have something. Come on, help me out here. Well, he was in Reindeer Games. Not a cool scientist, but... No, he's not, maybe, uh, yeah. Go uh, on. Uh, whatchamacallit? Uh, uh, snake Eyes? He, he doesn't really scream scientist. He screams more, you know, uh, authority figure. Yeah, he's he's your fed. Yeah, I mean, well, Snake Eyes, he's the villain. So, yeah. did the cool hacker replace the cool scientists, right? I guess that, so. I feel like that becomes the next the trope cool where he's tech. like, I'm a cool tech guy. Right. It's like yeah. the blade guy. Because you know? then it becomes your scientists are the nerds again. And mm -hmm. then there's this guy who's got kind of like frosted tips or something. And he's got like a, you know, a mug full of pistachio nuts well, or something. Wait, yeah. is it Greg Grunberg who's always drinking a big gulp in this movie? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So that's like his kind of, and he always has headphones around yeah. his, his headphones. And he's looking at porn. He's looking at a perfect looking 10 at magazine. porn and like, like has like a whole monologue. He's sitting there like, muttering. Oh, I suck the nipples off those that's tits what he or says. something. And you're like, who's, no one's ever said that. That feels like someone being like, Verhoeven movies are gross and lurid and people talk about sex. Well, so we're going to have this character talk about nipples while he's looking at this perfect 10 at his job in a bunker where there's only like six people who have the access code uh right i andrew w marlowe is the writer of this movie i i'm sorry i just i found confirmation on something i need to share joey slotnick in 2009 yeah did a stage production oh no this is already bad <laughs> i don't like this at the williamstown theater festival oh, oh, that's, okay. that's nice that's fun okay yeah, okay that's cool. yeah or no i'm sorry that was uh, uh -oh. several years into making this happen it started at chicago okay uh of animal crackers the Marx okay. Brothers okay. movie, which they tried to turn into a musical, mm. I think in the hopes of going to Broadway, and Joey Slotnick played Groucho Marx. Mm. He spent most of the last like seven years <laughs> to touring around 
trying to become the stage version of Groucho. That's his, like his Kilmer Twain. Oh yeah, look, look at here. That. No, no, flip your oh. phone back around. Interesting. Oh, yeah, there okay. he is. There yeah. he is with the with the glasses and the mustache. Yeah, he's trying I mean, to make Groucho happen. Well, there's something about Slotnick. Uh, There's definitely something about that, that, that connects this movie to a certain time in my life where I was very happy. Uh, big summer. My friend got his driver's license. We saw a lot of movies. Mission Impossible 2 had just come out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, other things that maybe. hopefully we'll be talking about eventually. But yeah. I feel like the kind of crew of scientists in this movie is, is very humorously diverse in their like each one has a thing. In their types. Can, yeah. I, can I say one, one funny thing also? Of course. One thing about. Say anything else. This is something that I'm, I was thinking about constantly during this movie. Is I um at one point I asked Jason Schwartzman uh, why have you never been in like a big Hollywood movie like this? Sure, yeah. uh, not like this, but like something. You told me this. This is. I told you this. Yeah. No, tell me. Yeah. I want to know. I said, why have you You've never worked with Jason? Uh, yeah. multiple movies. Yeah. Not to you know, name drop. But, yeah. Hey, drop. In Cold Days, it's now, now playing at Metrograph. Yeah, and right. on iTunes and whatever. Yeah. I said, how come you never been in like you know that kind of a movie? And he said, because everything I ever get sent to be in that movie is the guy who ha- who says, but gentlemen, what if we weaponize it? <laughs> And I thought, yeah, that is the kind of guy you would get asked to play in that movie. Right. And this movie doesn't really have that exact guy. Yeah. But I can easily picture someone being like, you know who could be like dorky scientist number three? Right. Schwarzman would be so good for that. Who gets like who gets impaled on rebar? Like like, forty minutes to go. You told me that story as like um a a like lesson. Like not not in like a teaching way, but I was complaining to you about not wanting to play parts like that. Right. And you were like, that's what Jason's always talking about, where he doesn't have any interest in showing up to be in a big movie to say, what if we weaponize it? Go to Vancouver for four months to say right. that line. Right, right. Like if I want to do it, I want to have something to actually do. Right. So yeah. I feel like that's a good reason for him to have avoided this kind of being in the crew of science. Yes. Uh, which is generally yes. a, a good crew. I mean they look yeah. good together. Bacon also we didn't talk about his house with his uh, thing on the ceiling. Oh yeah. Wait, what thing on the ceiling? You should be working or whatever. So oh yeah, right, 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 right. It's yeah, similar yeah, to yeah, the yeah. Mulder pencils. It's like a real yeah. hot trend at this time of guys who sit at their desk and have crap on the ceiling above their desk. Yeah. They also have this video call, which is so advanced it makes no sense. Yeah. When he like calls them, it's with like hyper Skype. Yeah, so it looks good. It works. It works really well. It's, well. The point isn't like hot, I guess in the world of having uh, invisible serum Skype had been taken care of. I guess this is set in the near future. So to start the plot, as Ben was bugging me to do, hey, Ben. We're an hour in. Yeah, I think that's great. But I I mean, this movie like has no plot. In the hour, yeah. there, there's not. It's yeah. all on yeah. the topic of Halloween. The beginning of the beginning for of the us movie. to get into They're it. Waiting. The beginning of the movie is he discovers invisibility or whatever. He like puts the right genes in he's the right place. I mean, the right molecules he's in the right places. He's looking out his window. He's peeping at Rona Mitra, and he's angry that she closed the blinds. Yeah, he doesn't like that. Yeah, sure. Have uh, autonomy. He cracks the sure. He cracks the code. You know what else he's doing? He's eating a Twinkie. He's eating a Twinkie. He's eating a Twinkie. Uh, is that his blender? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does yeah. it like four Junk more times. Junk food, There's yeah. a box of Twinkies next to his desk. Yeah. And like later, not at, at home, at the lab, he has a whole case of Twinkies. Yeah, that's right. It. He should, yeah, he should not be this sort of, he's very sort of uh, fit. He's sinewy know? in this movie. He's, sinewy. he's a sinewy guy. He, he always is. has been. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Hollow Man. Yeah, so, he, so they've invented, they cracked the case. What have they been doing before now? Just not making things invisible? Is that what's been no, happening down there? they've been making animals invisible. The thing they haven't They made, like, out. little animals invisible. They got the gorilla. You see, well, no, that's the first thing. Like, that's the first time they do it. Incorrect. Because the they have the rat. The gorilla is already invisible. Right. They and can't now they make, make it, it. That's, invisible. That's right. the thing yes. they've been you're struggling. Right. You're right. You're right. They've it's been like, making animals invisible, but their goal is they want to 
weaponize it. They yes. want to give it to the military. Yeah, this is like a government contract or whatever. Right. It's like the rebigulator, debigulator. Right. But their Waterloo is how do you get them back? Because you can't leave people invisible forever. They'll go crazy and grab boobs. Anyone playing blank check bingo, he just said Waterloo. Yep. Thank you. Patina. Rosetta um, Stone. <laughs> but I have four phrases. Yep. Um, but uh, yes, he suddenly just kind of cracks it. The movie doesn't really it doesn't explain who cares. why. Right. It's just you see the like wireframe of molecules, and he's like, "Oh, but what if I put a freaking electron over right. here?" What I don't know. Who and then cares? He calls up Kim Dickens, uh, not Kim Dickens. Sorry, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Uh, very excitedly. Yeah. He sees in the background that there's a guy in her bed. Sure. Who's yeah. that? Who's that? None of Pulls your business. Pulls the covers over his head. He's flirting with her, but he's excited because he just fucking figured it out. We got to get to the office. Do you think you can get in touch with Josh Brolin? Yeah, I think I can reach him. Ha 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 ha. End of video she's call. Sleeping she's sleeping yeah. with Josh Brolin. Okay, so there's a who plays secret. Dr. Matt Kensington, who is literally, that name is straight out of like a porn parody. Isn't it fascinating that- like, As is Sebastian Holloman. Sebastian Kane. Sebastian Holloman. That's why when I was watching the movie, I just kept calling <laughs> him Sebastian Holloman. Mr. Holloman. And then someone like puts a space in between the two. Anyway, yeah. Um, it just feels, you watch this movie and like the zone that Brolin was in and continued to be in for like another six years after this until 2007 when he has this crazy year. Yeah. And it's like he was just going to go from being this kind of like fucking wet blanket guy <laughs> in like mid-budget, you know, mid-level studio blockbusters to then being like the boss in comedies and then the dad in movies. Like he did not seem like someone who was primed to suddenly become a like substantial American actor. No. That didn't seem like a shame either. It no. wasn't like, ah, that guy could have been. That's like yeah, a totally you're not solid mad guy. that we're not getting to see Josh him. Josh Brolin's a pro, you know? He doesn't seem like he deserves a bigger shot than this. He just shows up and he does his part. And then 2007, he suddenly becomes this, like, very interesting actor out of nowhere. I mean, Blows off of the character actor list. To me, yeah. he was the Goonies guy, right? I mean, there was nothing right. in between. Thrashing. That's what he was to me. <laughs> right. Thrashing. But then he does, he's good in uh, flirting with disaster. As the super aggro, uh, yes, he's funny. In that. Yes, yes, yes. But then he does. He's like in mimic. This. He's in mimic. He does a fucking what's it called? Into the blue, the Paul Walker just album mm, movies. That's, that's um, 2005. That's much later. Whoa, but, that movie from 2005. Yeah. yeah so here we go. Just <laughs> check this out. And I mean, you know, I mean, you know about his uh, legal issues yes. to be uh, kind, yes. uh, which we probably shouldn't be uh, because it's from 2000. Hollow Man, right? Yeah. 2005, Melinda, Melinda, there's nothing in between. Uh-huh. So he just stopped making things. And in this between, was it for him? Yeah. In between those two is when he's, uh, Diane Lane calls the cops on him. Right. And then it like drops the charges, you know, and like it just becomes this sort of thing that was like, you know, in the papers. And they're but still never together pursued. now, right? No, they, got no they did get divorced. They got but back much, together for a while after. Much, right. much later. They got divorced in like 2013 or something. Mm. So and and the other later. thing with her was Diane Lane was going through this real like upswing and it became like, oh, that's weird that Diane Lane's married to the guy from Goonies. Like, yeah, right. He right. just became like a professional guy plus one because she was like getting nominated for Unfaithful and stuff and he was just like, sitting next to her at the Oscars every year. And like he also like as of this like he wouldn't have been on talk shows. He wasn't promoted. He was not promotable. Zero percent. There's like, he's like one notch above your Greg Grunberg. Here, here's where you Is would, it Grunberg or Gundberg? Grunberg. It's I think. Grunberg. Snap Wexley himself? Uh that's right. I the, mean Grunberg was just JJ Abrams's guy, right? Yes. Yeah. This was Josh Brolin's role in Hollywood at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. if you got Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Downey Jr.'s quote was a little bit lower than Kevin Bacon. You could get a bigger star for the Josh Brolin role. No, but yeah, if you sure. spent the extra million or two on Bacon, it's like, Brolin we can get for mm. like 250000 He's a pro. Oh, he'll show up. He'll that. do the job. Less than that. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, he was that guy where it's like, we can slot him in. If we got a bigger star for another role, just get Brolin to fill out the cast. So, Brolin. Okay, fine. So, So they're they're the three scientists. They're the three scientists. We're Brolin in the We're the two friends. They're the three scientists. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention Mary Randall, who plays another lab tech. That's, That's the entire crew. Correct. And then William Devane plays like a Love congressman or whatever. Right. And then oh, also, he's like a general, right? Yeah, whatever. He's the at fuck the Pentagon. He yeah. He's at the Pentagon. You're right. This is one of the only movies that's shot in front of the Pentagon for some reason. Like the, like the Pentagon allowed Big for just like fans. one yeah. steady cam shot as they leave yeah. and Which, give Bacon the business yeah. for lying to the government. And he's like, I can do what I want. And you know what's Bacon impressive? does some serious movie star strutting in he's that strutting, shot. But yeah. you know what's also interesting is that he's wearing the Regis Philbin Who Wants to Be a Millionaire collection <laughs> in that scene. It's like the shiniest purple shirt and exactly the same color tie I've ever seen outside of Regis. Correct. Correct. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And not only is he dressed that way in the Pentagon, then the next scene he has his jacket off and he's still wearing the purple shirt and tie. Yes. It's insane. Um, Uh, So he cracks the code. uh, Shoe comes over. Uh, There's this shoe comes over. You mean the, from the funnies, the, the bird, the movie puts on a shoe. Yeah. 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 Elizabeth shoe. Yeah. Uh, no, but there's this no. thing where you see you see Josh Brolin in the trenches with the animals, who Kim Dickens is very protective of. Yeah. He's got his weird uh, heat vision goggles because that's the only way they can see the invisible creatures. Yeah, those goggles are, those are some 2000 tech right there. They're very the, verbose. Oh, it's God. so good. Those are also just like post-Jurassic Park. Like it's yes. still the same thing. It's the same aesthetic. Have you seen Wolfen? Down. Do you like Wolfen, Ben? I've never seen Wolfen. Never seen Wolfen? You like no, Wolfen? No, uh, no Wolfen what's fan Wolfen? No. Wolfen, it's a, I've heard of Wolfen. It's a werewolf Wait, movie with, um, yes. Albert Finney uh, and Gregory Hines. What? And uh, it's like the first Steadicam movie that Steadicam was invented for. It's like right. 83, I 81. Love 81. This movie. 81. And all the wolf POV stuff is night vision infrared Steadicam. Oh, that's that's And it's just this low to the ground, endless. And, you know, at the time, no Steadicam, you have no idea how they're doing yeah. this shot. Yeah. That's Even wild. still, the movie's incredible. But all this stuff looks like Wolfen when they're looking at the animals. Uh, I do Albert love Albert Finney and them, you can't understand a word he's saying. He I, seems oh, so drunk. That, that sounds great. I love it when Albert Finney, oh my God, like when he shows great up movie. at the end of Ocean's 12. Yeah. And he clearly is just drunk and they bow finger, fingered him. Um, anyway, uh, very they, good movie pre dark universe of the nineties. Sure. Wolf. So I was shocked to realize this movie's two hours long because yeah. there d- barely has a plot, but I think it's because every injection scene is like incredibly long and it's a real out. showcase and yeah. I, which in a way that I like, right? Cause it's yes. fun with the, the first, the gorilla, right? Where you see the gorilla's body like slowly rebuild. I, and let's say there's a little tip of the cap when Brolin's trying to feed the gorilla that it attacks him. And then they have this little like dick measuring contest of trying to capture and sedate the gorilla first. But it kind of gets at this thing that perhaps there are the unexpected side of, uh, effects of rage. Mean, like, aggression. Sure. Aggression sure. makes you monstrous. Um, all the other animals in the movie were real animals, and the gorilla was a person in gorilla suit. Very clearly. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's not yes. a realistic looking So gorilla. according oh. to the IMDb trivia, what they had to do for the gorilla mm-hmm. in order to get it, because they used real heat vision cameras. Mm-hmm. They got some camera where they filmed it. That's not like a process thing. Uh, so for the gorilla shots, right up until they called action, they had like 20 PAs with uh, hair uh, dryers mm. uh, who were just heating up the gorilla mm-hmm. suit so that it would show up on the yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah. Do you think like just having fun looking at yes or like yes or no of the invisibility sequences? Uh Does this movie have good special effects or bad special effects? Just yes or no. I I I think yes. I think I think it has good special effects. I think yes. I think the only thing this movie you can see the seams more than I remember, but I don't really care. I I just the only thing that feels notably creepy to me is the visible man stuff when it's him with the muscles. Sure, that looks pretty flubbery. 
I just dig it. I just think but the rest this, of it, I think, is really good. This is good. such an era of some of the worst CG. Yes, this is like the Scorpion King shot that right. everyone always. Yes. And I just can't believe how not terrible this looks, considering it's the same time as most of the worst computer effects of. And, and the our other lifetime. thing was he talked about how he's a very extensive storyboarder. You know, there's a real intentionality in yeah, design. Yeah, he said this entire movie was storyboarded, yeah. like like to the T. Verhoeven yeah. is a guy who plans everything out meticulously in advance and understands the limitations of the technology and how to work around them, but also how to push them. And he said that he uh, worked really hard to have as many camera movements as he could in the special effects big showcase scenes because he wanted to integrate it more. That the, the mind processes it at be, as being real if in a shot with a CGI skeleton man you also have hmm. you know, a tracking move or whatever it is. Which I think is really smart but also makes his job a lot more complicated. But he yeah. committed to that and said like, I had to know every shot in advance because if I changed a shot on the day it would add $300,000. Mm-hmm. Right. So we shot everything exactly the way I storyboarded it. But I think especially when you look at that, like the effects are really fucking good. And certainly like, it's simple, but when he has the rubber mask and you can see through the back of it, it's the fucking it's best great. thing ever. It's also like all the effects make sense. They're not yes. pointless. But you're right. All those sequences are long. Yes. And then incredibly Bacon, long. But then he's but just invisible. He, then Bacon's just invisible. Right. Well, this is the thing. So, yeah. How much Bacon do you think we got? Like 15, 20 minutes? Something I think like 30. Because you have the gorilla. You have him testifying. And maybe 30. You have a lot of him flirting and the with initial, everyone in the office being uh, gross. Yeah, he's gross he to everyone. He tries <laughs> I'd be into that. Everyone, in everyone knows he's a bad guy. Everyone knows. Everyone's he's a bad like, guy. I wouldn't want to whatever with him. Or like, no, he's yeah. an asshole. Everyone knows right. that he's just kind of an eccentric jackass. He Shu has that line about like a toxic person. Yeah, yes. being with him is a lot less interesting than you think it is. Right. Um, and then he turns invisible because he decides, uh, fuck them. We're just going to do this on me. He wants to hold it back from the military because he's worried they'll take it away from him. Right. So he goes, we need to get this 100% cracked by ourselves before we hand it and over. And they'll shut it all down. Not that right. they'll be like, because it is theirs. They, yes. But he says that, you know, what will they do with us once they have it? Right. right. Um, so I let, let's make me the guinea pig, which everyone is skittish about. Is this is the best sequence of the movie, probably. Him right? turning invisible? Yeah. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. It's, yeah, it held up for me. Yeah. I feel like, what's the name of that, like, tiny horizontal special effects magazine that they still publish? Oh, uh, or, yes, yes. I feel like this was on the cover of that. Uh, it, it was a still from this exact yeah. This movie lost best visual effects to Gladiator. And I remember at the yeah. time, the pitch on Gladiator was like, you won't believe it. Like, they made ancient Rome, like, look real again. And now you watch Gladiator and the visual effects in that are, are a little rough. Well, you know, like, the other thing with Gladiator that I think got it the win what? was the Oliver, oh, the Oliver Reed, Reed thing, which is actually kind of impressive. Impressive, but, but at the time it was so impressive. As impressive as making Bacon invisible? 0%. I don't think so. I mean, this no. should have won, but I yeah. did forget because, like, I was reading an interview recently yeah. uh, with Ridley Scott, now long ago, mm-hmm. about all the money in the world, where yeah. he was like, this is fucking... Just, you know, Disney shit. I don't give a shit. Christopher Plummer? He's here. He's alive. Yeah. Oliver Stone, Oliver Reed died. Right. Like three days in or whatever. You know, like I had to build an entire performance out of nothing. Yeah. And uh, Christopher Plummer, he's like, mm. this is easy. Yeah. Imagine what Ridley could have done with, with an Invisible Man movie. Right. Oh, he'd I wonder have if he's, fun. He's available for Dark Universe. Yeah. Sure. He slotted in. I think give him the whole Dark Universe. Yeah, he's only booked five movies to direct next year, so we could probably slot one of them in there. Um, by the time we're recording this, Christopher Plummer has probably won the Oscar, right? <laughs> well, yeah. That, best go- picture? that Golden Globe For nomination where you just know that there was, they didn't screen the movie. They yeah. just like, <laughs> they just threw a party for the Hollywood Farm Press. Ridley Scott comes out and he's like, you won't believe it. Christopher Plummer, J. Paul Getty. It's great. Anyway, nice to see all of you. And oh. they're like, oh yes, we give him a vote. Director, actress, supporting <laughs> actor. God. 
That he got a director nomination and not a picture nomination is so funny to me. With 10 nominees. I know. It's yeah. a- mm. insane. Are you anyway, excited for all the money in the world, titles. Alex? No, I'm not. I'll watch <laughs> if I get a, a script. By the time this comes out, I will have not seen it. I'm unless I got sent I'm to my house. I'm so pumped to see it. I mean, I guess I'm mildly curious. I'm like not curious and I love Ridley Scott. Except yeah. for the I mean, I like a kidnapping movie. I like a good kidnapping yeah, movie. Yeah, that's why me I love, too. The yeah. first trailer was like a lot tonier and then the re-edited Christopher Plummer trailer now has an instrumental version of Kanye West Power mm. and <laughs> makes it look like a CIA thriller. Yeah, yeah. I'll Which, see, wait, it's, it's Michelle Williams and, 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 and Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Yeah, I'll, I'll see it. I like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. You know, this, uh, whatever. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's not as impressive as making that rubber mask. It's one best picture at this point. But I, I do. Hollow Man fi- has? Uh, Hollow Man won best picture in 2018. <laughs> Hollow Man should have won best visual effects. hundred uh, For this sequence alone. But yeah. also I think what I, what I really love are all the like uh, silhouetted bacon stuff later. It's like so the, the pool and the, the it mist. It just seems like, the, I feel like by this point in the movie, now we're like, Halfway through the movie. Yeah, practically. Right, like, much, he's yeah. invisible and he's squeezed her breasts. He's invisible and he like has a sandwich and then he decides to grab uh, Kim Dickens' And then they're boob. basically... Like, right, it's like right. really immediate. And then right away they're like, good now, it's been three days, let's reverse him and it doesn't work. But I right. feel like yeah. this gets to the point of like, we love Invisible Man. Like this is a cool idea. Yeah. Right. There's no story in that because it's like, right. what do you... This movie to me was like, there's nothing you can do with that. He's invisible. Yes, this There's movie is no... just into interested in the power trip element of it. What, what's your? You pitch? need another invisible man. Invisible man. Oh, sure. Well, that invisible was right. man. That's invisible the man and woman. Yeah. You need two invisible Hol- people. There's Hollow Man Two, the direct-to-video sequel, which was briefly titled Hollow Man. Uh, starring, I it was that starring Peter Facinelli and, and Christian, Christian Slater. Slater. Yes. I just feel like at this point in the movie, like he's invisible and uh, he's freaking out, and it's obviously yeah. affecting his brain. But then, like, this just points out that there's really nothing you can do with an invisible man. Right. Unless he joins the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, as I teased to you in my email. <laughs> God. But I, he's, like, he's like a Hulk. Like, he works well as, like, part of a team, but he has yes. no actual journey of his own that's, like, going to sustain this. Well, which is why it just becomes, like, the yes. killers inside the house. That's what's weird about this movie and why it sort of makes sense that Elizabeth Shue is first build, aside from the fact that she also signed on first. And right. I think there's a thing where— She might have gotten paid more. She might have gotten paid more, yeah. and if you sign on to a movie first, sometimes you work that into your contract. Where even if they get a bigger star, they're kind of fucked because we already promised someone mm. first billing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think this movie only kind of makes her the protagonist halfway through. The first half sure. of the movie, they make Kevin Bacon the really unlikable protagonist. You know, uh, the anti-hero. Mm. And then there's a point where it's like, well, now he just has to become the villain because we can't. You know follow this guy in his journey more. There's nowhere else to go. He's just become a monster. He sneaks out and like he's a immediately rapes his neighbor. Right away. He's yeah. a monster right it's away. Right. Second thought yeah. is, why, yeah, you're right that of course, at first he is confronted with the news. We can't turn you visible. So yeah. I guess that's eating away at him. Yeah. And then they put the latex mask on His eyelids are transparent. The light hurts him so much. I say that a couple times. Yeah. yeah. You know what's another thing similar to how Grunberg is holding up the Perfect Ten magazine and right. saying what he wants to do to the woman right. yeah. is the part early when Sebastian's looking out the window at his neighbor who takes off her clothes and she closes her yeah. blinds and yeah. he goes, damn it. Yeah. 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 Like he's really, he's a jerk. He's on the line that he wants to see that. So you know, you that know, he's, he's getting yeah. it. You know, right he, away. He sucks he's from the get go, which I like. And, and this movie is, I mean, it, it's that it, the line where it's like what you would do if you didn't have to look at yourself in the mirror, you know? I feel like yeah. that for him, he splashes his face in the mirror, which is very interesting. Yeah. I have written down, it's, it's in the trailer. It's at 56 minutes. Yeah. Which is like the first time where he says, like, what am I doing? Right. He's like, it's like suddenly this guy realizes he's up to no good. Because that's after he attacks Ronimitra, right? Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I also wrote down what would happen if he ate a not invisible Twinkie. 
Well, we I, why don't they ever do that? Yeah. Why he never eats when he's invisible? Because yes. it would be so much fun to watch the right. yeah, you know, the digestion, such a silly yeah. effect. Exactly. Um, like, do we see him like pee? Like, no. He like, throws up. He does oh, yeah, throw up, yeah, and the throw right. up's and invisible. Right. Yeah. You see it make the imprint in the toilet water, but there's nothing yeah. actually coming out. Mm. You see like the ripples. Um, Interesting. You know why he's perfect casting for this movie aside from everything else we've we've already said? Yeah. He is such a specific looking guy. He is. That A, even when you only see his body, he's got such a specific body, right? And he's shown it off so much in movies that he you has. like yeah. recognize it. But B, his face is so fucking unique that even if it's just like water being splashed on the side, you're like, that's Kevin Bacon's nose. And he has a that's great his voice. Mouth. He, yeah. has a, he has a really distinct voice. All of it. Nothing it, sounds like Kevin Bacon. But if you have the character just in silhouette affected by smoke or whatever, it doesn't look like just some generic CGI model. It always looks yeah. like Kevin Bacon. It's Seems recognizably like Kevin Bacon. The point of the second half of this movie is how many things can you put an invisible man in that you can sort of see? Right. right. A pool, <laughs> right. a smoky corridor. Yeah. Uh, fire extinguisher. Fire thing, mist, f- smoke from a... It's just how yeah. many things can you sort of see something through? So when they were filming this movie, they thought originally that he wasn't going to have, have, to, have be to be on set <laughs> They for would the just things. have like a teacup on a string. Right. <laughs> be like... Right. <laughs> And then Verhoeven did a lot of test footage and he realized that A, the performances were kind of unmoored when there wasn't a person there in the room, right? So they would shoot everything two times, once with him in there, once with him without um, for performance. Right. But also anytime he's interacting with the elements, they needed him there in real time on the set. So they would have to paint his entire body one color. Yes, green, blue, or black. Right, including contact lenses that were fully that color, face paint, all of that. Um, he also says that the latex mask smelled like rotten eggs and uh-huh. he had to wear it a lot. And yes. it has no nose holes. Did that it's, bother you guys? I'm sure yeah. it, it it's bothers so me. It's so distinct. And later when he goes out, he cuts nose holes in it. Yeah. They appear at like the hour 40 Which is mark. probably a demand for him because they mostly shot this movie chronologically. They shot this movie in sequence. Yes. But there's so much of it with no, no there's no yeah. nose holes for he all He probably at a certain point was like, I'm quitting unless you cut those fucking nose holes in. Um, but they, each of the colors they painted him corresponded to a different element where they had to come up with a code where it's like, if he's interacting with liquids, he's black for the day. Right. If he's interacting with gases, he's, you know. Maybe the nose holes weren't there because you couldn't put the color inside Very his nostrils. Possible. But they do show up, as you say. Yeah. Like in like, yeah. He looks. Maybe they just put a little dab of blue on yeah. the. He looks like Michael <laughs> Myers y. Yes. Right? Like when he's got. I just think that's such a good look, the latex mask. It is it's the great. perfect modern version of the bandages and the glasses. And the yes, exactly. And I love how goopy it is in the back. Anytime you're seeing it from behind, it's it really perfect. Yeah, it's so gross. And he does have such a weird face. He's got that Kevin Bacon nose. So it is distinctive. It doesn't just look like a generic. No, it looks dude. like Kevin Bacon's right. face. Pouring right. that stuff on it, that's so cool looking when they pour the rubber on. All that stuff is great. And even just like, it's simple effects, but just uh, when they're testing him after uh, the the failed conversion back into the the land of being a a solid man rather than a hollow man. Uh, And it's all the little, what do you call them? Um, Yeah, like the little heart rate monitor. The heart rate monitor things on him. When you see them all snapping off as he walks away, like that shit is all just really fucking effective for me. It's fun. I I wrote down around this time, uh, when Greg Rumber is looking at the magazine, he started to remind me of Ken Marino and What Hot American Summer. <laughs> just like some doofus who's talking about babes. Right, who's never yeah. seen a woman naked yeah. in his life. And the name. secret yeah. subplot of this movie is that he's a virgin. Right. Yes, yeah. and then he's talking to Kevin Bacon. I wrote down that he says, uh, you should be out there messing with people. Yeah, that's he's, his first. Yeah. He says this, and this is after Kevin Bacon has attacked Rona Mitra, to, yeah. which who to just to get on the record, I don't know if she has a line in the movie apart from like, no. hello, and like, is not a character, Screaming. and we do not revisit her after he attacks. No. There's a deleted scene. Yeah. Oh, is there? There's an extended. Of oh, uh, like yeah. the actual after effect of a woman being 
sexually violated by, by an a invisible Holloman. person. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like it's like a quick shot of her like curled up in the fetal position, right. crying on the bed, which yeah. is kind of Verhoeven-y in a way. He said they it's like te- deeply yeah. amoral and strange. Yes, they test screened it, and people like ripped their chairs out of yeah, the yeah. He, like no uh, one wanted to see that, right? Which yeah. I mean, sure, but also you did put that in forty five yes. minutes into the movie, Paulie. Yeah, and again, I mean, like I was gonna say, this movie's written by Andrew W. Marlowe, who just seems like to me like Andrew W. M. <laughs> AWM, you know, just the epitome of like uh, a broy douchey guy in the room because right. his credits are Air Force One. Uh-huh. What if? All right, the president. Yeah, yeah. and then End of Days, yeah. which is a terrible movie, and then Hollow Man, and then he created Castle. Right. Uh, so this guy has more money than you'll ever see yes. in your life. Yeah, he literally just does things that I can't, couldn't even imagine doing with like, his incredible amounts of money. Such he as has writing like a home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Gary Scott Thompson was the what if guy on this, right? He was the the original idea, yes. and then Marlowe sort of correct. He, took the, off of the, his they both have a story yeah. credit. Gary yeah. Scott Thompson, I mean, uh, created the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, yeah, he, this is his basically his earliest uh, like pitch that yeah. hits, apart oh. from K nine one one. Uh-huh. Which I believe is a sequel to K9. Right. Um, but remember the that there's K9. Yes. That came out in 1989. Yeah. Then in 1999, finally, right. the public's demand for a sequel was satisfied with K911, uh-huh. which is then followed by K9 colon Team the Widowmaker. <laughs> Not K9112. <laughs> That's just the God. zip code. That's yeah. not, that's not <laughs> a movie title. Anymore. To be clear, Jim Belushi is in all three films. Yeah. Like well, it's not. Pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they signed him to a three-picture deal from the get-go. This movie has like real Hollywood like workhorse writer pedigree. Yes, on. that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I really don't think that Verhoeven was the one who came in and was like, yeah, the Invisible no, no, Man no. must no. be a rapist. Like it's like no. this was a pitch that was made. I, uh, I think he, you know, for a hundred million dollars. Yeah, some ideas, probably. I'm sure he yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like yeah there was like that. He was kind of um, like the, those Nordics in Hollywood. He was there was a lot of them, and they all kind of had their own excess, excesses that they were yeah. fascinated with. Wait, who else are you thinking? Well, of? like Jan de Bont and yep. Rennie Harlan, mm-hmm. right, and uh, right, right. there's got to be at least one or two yeah. others. But like a lot of these Danes and Nords and, and well, Swedes coming to Hollywood and kind of making these like excessively well crafted Wolfgang Peterson, yeah. not, Peterson obviously yeah. not Nordic but yeah. European. Same, same, same. Yeah. But, but he like I mean I don't think Verhoeven's. Uh, capable of making a film as uninteresting as the least interesting movies that those guys made. Right. He he just has too much going on. But he also sort of at this point said, oh, I think I'm starting to tip into that territory. I need to get the fuck away yeah, from Yeah, he ran, he runs away, whereas right. Ray Harlan's like, no, 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 I can make the Exorcist prequel, you know, or whatever, you know. Right. Like- There's like a weird level of self-awareness for Verhoeven, considering that he's also like a weird, like, lunatic Who's like, what? What am I doing? Why is it weird? You know? Sure. And he's a Jesus scholar in the seminarian. Right. right. It's right. So there is some sort of moment of self-awareness. Yeah, not much Jesus stuff in this, this, one. this That's no. the thing. Like, this movie just has no allegory. Like, RoboCop yeah. allegory. Right. Total Recall. Like, a very metaphysical look at, like, humanity yeah. and what your brain is. Yeah. Showgirls, you know, of course it's about it's, so much. Right. This yeah. movie's just not about anything. It's no. like yeah. it's just what, except if you were an invisible yeah. man, what you if, would be well, awful. Isn't it sort of like power corrupts like a right. little? Yeah, right. yeah. It has but, one idea, but, but I also think it it's not presenting that movie as a thesis. Right, it's it it's one of the ideas. Think about. And I, I once again, like you know, I I think endings of movies are very important because the ending is like this is what it was about, not just right. what note you end on, but like putting a, a frame around a thing. And the fact that this movie just stops 
No, it's just they, they kill him in the him. lab. They blow up the lab. Right. It's like, oh, this movie has nothing to say. They don't <laughs> even blow up the lab in a fun way. I was no. really Elevator looking forward. Shaft. Yeah. yeah. Go to Not, hell. It's and weird. Then like he, credits. Like to even like jump from the point where he's like not going to be turned visible again yeah. right. to the end of the movie. is like, I don't remember. The only thing I remember there is the blood all over the floor and the amount of blood in the Kim Dickens. So much yeah, like They're really which clever is cool. sequences. And the Willem Devane yeah. pool. Like each kill is kind of neat. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. So yeah, let's just go through the kills. But they're also stacked up. Like it's a, the moment where you realize, oh, that's why there are that many people in the lab. This is become a slasher film where they're knocking them off one by one. It's like four of them died within eight minutes of each other. Right. So here's how it goes. A more conventional movie would have had him turn bad 15 minutes I, in and made the whole movie Because I want to yes. get Alex out of here in some oh, semblance of a normal. I know, I know. Don't worry about me. I know, I know, but I do. I'm work. here to talk Holloman. <laughs> We've barely scratched the surface of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen yet. We and, Van, talk. and Van Helsing. We, we, do, have to, we do have to talk LSG. Yeah. Um, which uh, the Captain Nemo's submarine sequence in oh, that is. The Nautilus, uh, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, the Nautilus, man. Tom Sawyer's on the Nautilus. What kind oh, of world is Tom this? Tom Sawyer we need an American. Dorian Gray. Like the, the yeah. characters they added into the League of Extraordinary yes. Gentlemen. Like what guy was like, I got it. I got it. I got it. Guys, Dorian Gray. Dorian like, Gray's were, not in the yeah. comic? No. And they were clearly yeah. like. Are you sure? I'm almost certain here. I'm going to look it up. I think that's correct. I mean, Tom Sawyer definitely was added. Yeah. Tom Sawyer right. was the, the obvious. Right. Because I mean, it's it was Nemo, clearly, Mina Harker, Quitter, Quarterman. Uh, Invisible Man and Hyde, right? Oh, that's the comic. Yeah, uh, yeah. the comic is is those. Yeah, uh, Mina Harker, Quarterman, Nemo, the original Hyde, comic at least, the Invisible yeah. Man, and that's it. Yeah, I right. thought Dorian Gray was in the comic. No, they add him because I think they were just like scanning through yeah. public domain, and yeah. they were like, "Who can? What's mm. a name?" Right? Like, because like Dorian Gray, what's he supposed to do? Like, like, like kill him with like a bon mo or whatever? Like, yeah. yeah. He's ageless, sure. Right. I mean, I mean, like you know, it's not really well, like a they, power. They try to make it that he's like got Wolverine healing powers, oh, yeah, right? right? I think what they try to do yes. in the movie is, oh, because he doesn't age, that also means that any damage is immediately healed. Uh, and then Jekyll and Hyde uh, also, are they in... They're not in the comic either. Really? They, no, no, I think no. Hyde's in the comic. That, that has to be in the comic. You're right, they are. Sorry, yes, take it back. Take it back. Isn't it weird that a couple years later there was another Invisible Man on screens? Yeah. yeah. This like wasn't... A bomb. Oh, you mean in LXG? Oh, yeah. yeah. Of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, else played by, what else would I be talking about? Played by... Uh, Jason Fleming? No, he's Hyde. Oh, right. You're not going to have the name. I, no, I am going to have it. Ready? 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 Fuck you. Tony Coran. Tony Coran. Well done. Thank you. Tell he's, me anything about him. No, Griffin I don't remember anything. I just remember he's great in that movie. Hmm. Is he better than Kevin Bacon? No. Is playing, and, and, and is he better than Johnny Depp will be in the Dark Universe? Yes. That is, a, he's, that movie is never getting me. Yeah. That, that, now, the, now, you don't know, by the time this, this podcast comes out, there could have been a huge uh, Johnny Depp Invisible Man announcement. Look, the That's Dark true. Universe is going really well despite some setbacks. Obviously, Charles Manson was supposed to play the Wolf Man. <laughs> Charles Manson. They're getting top stars. That clickhole article. Perfect. Did I show you the one where it's like, uh oh, is uh, Louis C.K.'s movie about Matt Lauer in trouble or whatever? Like Harvey Weinstein's Matt Lauer biopic starring Louis C.K. Look, this is, to borrow a frequent joke of yours, this is being recorded in September. Yes. The Dark Universe is doing great. (laughs) Right. And by the time this airs, the Dark Universe will be doing better. And Trump's been elected double president. Oh, God. And Greatest Showman won Best Picture. Greatest Showman won Best Picture. Trump's been elected Greatest Showman. Uh, You're going to read the order of the kills. Uh, I you, will. I, I'm yeah. going to do that in one second. But LXG, I just want to say that's Connery's last movie, right? Oh, yeah. Correct. And Except for it, the animated movie that Billy he Bill came or whatever it was. Yeah, right, right. Wild Billy. And that was a movie where literally, like, Connery, like, on set was like, You're a hack, Stephen Norrington. I'm going to do this myself, right? He, like, directed the movie well, himself. The other thing was that Connery had turned down, like, five movies that became huge because he was like, I don't get this shit. 
Right. So he turned yeah, down yeah, yeah. Morpheus in the Matrix. Right. He turned down uh, fucking Gandalf. Right. But then he was taking the Avengers and Entrapment. Like he was, and right. finding Forrester. Like he took all the wrong roles. Right. But right. he was like, I guess these sci fi films, I don't get them, but I should do one. <laughs> so he did LXG because he was like, well, the last three times I passed. Eyes open, an, boy. Right. There's another big one I'm forgetting that he turned down. So he did that. And after that didn't turn out well, he's like, fuck it. Like I don't, I don't get anything. He was a good quarter, man. I remember and he says well uh, cast. two yes. things in the trailer. The game is on, and that was naughty. Well, the, the game, game is, is on. Yeah, yeah th- uh, that was naughty. Yeah, me and my friends used to say that was naughty. All to the each time, other. game is on. I say all the time. Every still. day we yeah. would say that was naughty that to was each naughty. other. I saw eyes open, boy. LXG opening day. My friends wanted to go see uh, Pirates of the Caribbean because they both open on the same weekend. Ooh, great weekend. At the moment, it was a question like which one's going to do well because they both looked a little dodgy. They both came from like weird like backgrounds. And we got sold out of Pirates, so went to see LXG, which I was, like, pumping my fists about. And the audience was so, like, they were so clearly in the mood to see Pirates of the Caribbean and had to settle for this that they just, like, transferred their enthusiasm over to it. And Connery's entrance in LXG got an applause break from the audience. Isn't it weird that, like, there was that time, as I already, you know, LXG and Van Helsing, Uh this, other things where it was just, like, this is what people wanted, and it kind of became Underworld, which there's inexplicably yeah. like a million of. Yeah, there's like right, a whole franchise. But then that becomes a very small, like budget conscious franchise. But regardless, like yeah. the appetite for this yes. sort of like revisionist uh, things Gothic. of hundred year right. old yes. H.G. Uh, Wells characters. Yeah, Time Machine that came out like a year after this. If LXG hadn't been made, could you imagine the fucking bidding war for it now? Oh my god, people would be going crazy. Yeah, that is. Totally true. Yeah. Yeah, like she uh, could also be in the Dark Universe. They could. 100%. They could redo it. Most of them are in the Dark Universe. I think they already threatened to redo it. But I, doesn't Moore have some kind of power show. where he's like, Threat you can't. Threatened as a TV show. Oh, it's as a TV show? That's actually, I believe you're right. I yeah. think that might actually even be in the works. Yeah. Like, that's probably in production right now with, uh, like, Jason Patrick yes. or something. Uh, Moore doesn't have veto power. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, the kills are, uh-huh. he will, for, he sees, he discovers Shu and Brolin going in, right? Oh, boy, he's furious. That guy? There's also that nightmare sequence she has where he's undressing her, hmm. and then it's it's just a nightmare sequence. That feels like a studio note to get Elizabeth's yeah. shoes closed almost all the way off. Right, yeah, exactly. But, there, but there's that moment before that where he puts her up against the wall in the lab yeah. and tries to seduce her. Don't you want to do one last test before you turn me visible? Right, That's right. even before he She has a good doing. line. Wait, what? She has a good comeback to that. Something like, you were never really there anyway. Yes, that's right. it. And it, and you're like, mm, damn. Yeah. Right. And then so he kills Devane first. He, and like, there's also the ripping off of the late text mask which mm-hmm. is his sort of like yeah. uh, you know he's going breaking bad right uh, but he kills Devane in the pool right well because he sees that Shu and Brolin I just said that okay, right yes Goddamn sleepy no, not boy that, not that he's seen them in bed but that he sees that they go and speak to yeah, Devane they're going to rat him right. out he, thank he knows. you I had a new point to make I'm <laughs> wide awake okay okay Okay. All right. Ben is currently splitting Europa. us apart. I was about to punch David in the face. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, things they, get They go hated. to Devane and go, look, we lied about this. Yeah, right. But they they spill the beans, now. and Devane yeah. is like, geez, this is bad. His wife comes down, is like, what's that? And he's like, I'm worth, have to make worth, a phone call. Worth getting me out of bed. He's like, yeah, it's right. worth waking up two generals for. Yeah. Have you ever yes, seen a Paul Verhoeven it. movie? It feels like something right <laughs> out of that. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you more later, honey. Uh, uh, and then he Bacon's gets been watching the whole conversation. Uh, these fucking turncoats. He's the thing, you never know when Invisible Man's around. I know. Sure. Unless, the, you have, unless you have cool red glasses. That is yeah. the glasses. big question this movie asks. Is, is he around? Yeah. <laughs> Think yeah. you're alone? Yeah. 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 No. Think again? Nope. Uh, so he drowns him in the pool, right which there. is really, I, I love. Yeah, I think it's, cool. it's such a good yeah. nightmarish mm-hmm. and cool CGI. Mm-hmm. CGI. 
Then he goes back to the lab. Mm-hmm. First, does he first kill Grumberg or does he kill uh, no. Janice? He kills Janice first. Yeah, that's a bad look for this movie. Yep. That was yeah. a different time. There, yep. that, that, that was a studio note too. They were like, right. you know who should die first? <laughs> but now it's like this. Where movie, they would actively enforce it. Yeah. This movie has like 40 minutes left and it's like, okay, they're all locked in this metal donut underground. He's, he's got changed all the codes so no one can leave. He wants to kill us. Yeah, he so changes that, the codes. Ugh. Right. He'll be able to get away with it if there's no evidence of the fact that he ever existed. That this right, experiment right, was ever right, done. Right, right. So he's going to try to kill us off one by one. She's like running behind the group. She's like the slow poke and he yes. kills her and they don't realize that Yeah, she's he like drags her away. Yeah, she gets a very right. ignominious death. She goes death. to the bathroom a couple times in this movie. We like see her yeah, taking off her pants and squatting on the toilet. Where she's wondering if he's there or not. But it's like yeah. a bathroom. It's like a, a massive room with a toilet in the middle of it and no door. Yeah, yeah. it's it's the room the size of like my apartment. She's not like, in a bathroom <laughs> stall. It's like right. a, a toilet that's like, yeah, just in the middle of a it's, it's like they took the set for the hallway after they were done shooting the hallway stuff and just put a toilet in it. Bathroom. So then he's sort of like he does like a Spider-Man trick on top of some pipes. Yes, lifts Greg yeah. Grunberg oh, right. off the into the air, which is uh, really strangling creepy. Him, the which is Grunberg's good. folds of fat, his pudgy face all squeezed. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Yeah. This is in the middle of his Felicity run, and yeah. Brolin's like shooting at it and doesn't, and he realizes he's up there, and he throws him onto the rebar. And it and like the artery. Rates his, that's gross. Yeah, yeah. It, that's a good little Verhoeven. Yeah, total yeah. I think that's yeah, yeah exactly where you're just like so, you're like whoa oh oh yeah. And the mushy face feels like a prosthetic. Maybe. I, I wasn't uh, freeze framing it, but it had a very unique look as opposed to the CGI fingerprints in other moments. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to kill Brolin and fails. So yeah. then he goes off to Dickens and that's the blood uh, mm-hmm. on the ground yeah. scene. Yeah. She spills it to kind of see his footprints. To see right. his footprints. But she does it weird. Like he just comes up behind her. Yeah. yeah. Like just, it's like a bad idea. Yeah. But it, it looks cool. Yeah, it looks great. That's a great way to describe this movie. It's, it's a, a bad, bad idea, idea, but it looks, it looks cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Where she's just like, I'm going to go get some extra blood. I guess because Grumberg is bleeding out. I mean, Grumberg yes. is like so dead. I don't He's know why they even dead. bother. Uh, and she gets six blood and they, packets. And they say that to her. like, But she's she's like the den mother. She's the one who cares she's about the She's the vet too, so, so she's right. humane. And yeah. so Shu and, uh, and Brolin are like, he's not going to make it. It's bad. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. Let me get some blood. Yeah, let me go get uh, six blood packs. Spill right. five. Right. I'll have one left. And yeah. then how does he kill her? He, she's the one. Oh, he, oh no, no, Grumberg. He stabs through the thing. He kind of. Uh, what does he do? Oh, first he shoots the dart into her. Yeah, he sedates mm. her. She's on the ground. He starts groping her, and then he snaps her neck. Mm. Yeah, he snaps her neck. Right. It gets very brutal, but it's covered in yeah. the blood. There's this that is the whole point where yeah. his yeah. strength and his power and his inability to be killed just becomes insane. It's right. true. He he's like shot and is lit up. up. I mean, it's Michael Myers esque. He shot and lit on fire and like thrown yeah. down an elevator shaft. and electrocuted, and he's just still coming. Yeah. Yes, it makes no sense. He all and then right because then somewhere in here is when he locks Elizabeth's shoe in the yeah. meat locker or whatever it is. And she has to like MacGyver her way out of there somehow. The and let's just That's say, because I don't think stupid. we've talked about it enough. Anytime any sort of substance is thrown on him, anytime he's put into any water, any gas, anything like that. Yeah, you see his silhouette. And you see his, his flapping dong. Well, sometimes. They kind of deploy the dong It's quite a bit. You see it in, in the infrared yeah. every time. Every yes. time. Yes, yes. And uh, some other But there's also too. this sort of massive like veins. There's yeah. lots of info when he visual info sure. when he's in his sort of partly visible state with the muscles and everything you clearly see the muscles of a dick and balls which i like 
Uh, fair enough. You right. know, Verhoeven at that point was just like didn't even have to argue on but, that. They right, were just I watched like, for That's this. What Paul's gonna yeah, yeah, do. where it's yeah. like right in his muscle phase, you see the muscles of the penis and the testicles. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Don't forget uh, the testicles. David. I don't know how many muscles they have, but yes, consider whatever. the testicles. But then, right as consider it does bleed leaves. away, his dick does go away, and then he's just a skeleton, which yes. is fun. That's sort of like the most gentle version of mm-hmm. the yeah. yeah. Um. He, but he, and then he kills Slotnick with a crowbar, which is sort of half-assed. Yeah. But then he Slotnick doesn't kill anyone. Better. Yeah, well. And yeah. then Chu and Brolin get away in the elevator. Brolin he stabs Brolin. Die. He stabs Brolin. Brolin's bleeding out. And this is the second the movie within close range in which Brolin is trapped underground for a long period of time uh, with a woman and then survives. That, with that was his, his role at this time. That was his ballywick. Yeah. I really just think Brolin should die. That's my main pitch on the end of this movie that I really would change. Yeah. What do you think, Al? Uh, I didn't really. Th- I would. By that point, I was pretty checked out. Yeah, well, yeah. It, 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 it I wasn't even. Boring. I wasn't. By that point, I wasn't like you know what would fix this movie. I was <laughs> yeah. just thinking like There's this no- is a fascinating monster character. It's a fascinating <laughs> yeah. scientific parable. And the last forty minutes of this movie is neither. Yes, you, you wish right. that he had gotten Newmeyer in to do a pass on this script. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just something that's like even some more fun techie stuff, like yeah. do some weird lab shit. Yeah, I don't just know. something yeah. where they leave the lab or something. I, I can't yeah. even imagine. That's the thing. It's like I don't know yeah. what a good Hollow Man movie is. Like, this whole Hollow section, yeah. you kind of it. want him to escape to, to, to Hollow Woman. Well, no, Shu gets hollowed because I think yeah. I don't like any of the sexual violence stuff. No, I think the I mean, fix it's hard this, to watch and it's completely disposable in this yeah. movie. I don't, I don't like it. I don't know how you get there, but to me, it's like make a heist movie, run the jewels. <laughs> Run the jewels. I think like, come the, on, that would be cool. Jewel yes, thief. I'm with you. I think the sexual violence of this movie is an idea where Verhoeven had that idea or whoever yeah. had that idea that's in the movie. And then they're just sort of like, we did that, right? Like, that's the thing. We don't the, have to do anything more this about this, right? This whole last chunk of the movie, aside from really good visual effects. And then the second chunk of the movie is right. And then he kills people with right. superhuman strength. It just feels yeah. like going through the motions. Like, it feels how did like he, he get was... into the pipes and then get Grumberg lifting yeah. strength? Right. And, and you also you also get to the point when when she's sort of flamethrowered him, you realize like okay, so he's completely burned over the entirety of his body, right? Yeah, and yeah, yet yeah. he's still able to like run this fast. And there's like stuff melting and then he gets onto electrocuted. him, right? Yes, right. yes, right. But, but, then it's, but then it's all gone. Yeah, I also it's love very strange when the flesh kind of chars away on him. It's really great. I love yeah. how the electrocution like restores him to like muscles. Yes, for some reason, Makes zero sense. <laughs> But it looks cool. It but looks I mean, cool. I, it does make some sense because it's like Street Fighter Two logic, where like the electricity makes your bones visible, right? Like because mm. you're like, dr, 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 it's like a cartoon dr, dr, character yeah, right. sticking their yeah. finger in electric socket. You're talking, it's like you're talking Barack. Uh, I'm talking Blanca. Barack yeah. Blanca Obama. Blanca. Yeah. Blanca. Yes, I'm talking Blanca. Who's yeah. is that? Your guy? I don't know. I've been playing Who a lot of Street, Street Fighter, Fighter Two on, on, on my on my on your iPad on my SNES Classic. Oh, I have one of those too. Yeah. Oh, I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter Two. It's fucking impossible. Yeah, I had to go back, reset the game, and set the difficulty level lower. Well, you know, one thing is, I was playing it for three days without beating a level. Well, <laughs> who well, were you being? Um, who are you guys? I kept changing. What's the? the I was Vega. Vegas, cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> my my best it's one. A great is, opportunity to say that though. Those are my guys. And yeah. I was Vega. Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, 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 what's the sumo wrestler? Honda. Uh, Honda. He's Honda. actually really easy to win with because yeah. if you just lock into the hundred hand slap thing, like you can just destroy yeah. everybody. I remember that. John Lee was always. Yeah. Playing, yeah, I remember that time that M Bison came up to me and said he was just going to do a jazz fight. <laughs> Griffin has been trying to say this for five minutes. Thank you. <laughs> he keeps saying, I- um, uh, <laughs> "Well, perfect deployment." But no, but yes, I, I, because I had just been playing 
Street Fighter, possibly the day it. I watched this, I thought of that during that electrocution. Benny liked it. Uh, did you know that um, M. Bison is called Vega in the Japanese game and mm. uh, Balrog is, right, uh, Sagat is called Balrog or whatever, maybe it's, a, and because M. Bison's supposed to be Balrog Mike, the boxer, it's they were to look worried like Mike that Mike Tyson, Tyson would sue yes. them. Mm. So they like switched all the names yes. around. Yeah. Yes, I did know that. Zangief's my did. guy. Zangief is hard to play with. He's so slow. But he like, I like lumbers. I like the wrestling stuff. I like the grabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, like yeah, to get you, close. You get up close and personal. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. I like Chun Li because she can like j- jump all around really, really yeah, fast. I don't play with her. She's good. She's yeah. weak, but she's like really fast. This is a great way to end your Verhoeven. One hundred percent. Talking about our SNES classics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is why I think we should do an L bonus. We can do yeah. some rankings. You do know. you think we combine it with Black Book, or do we just skip Black? Book? Don't skip Black Book. Black Book is amazing. Here's the thing. Like, I love Black to end, Like yeah. not having participated or heard any of the other ones yet. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's amazing that he rebounded from this. Yes. This movie is. is fine. It's like yeah. a C plus. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. It's, it's unbelievable that he went away six years later, made an, an amazing no, movie. No, it's a five out of ten. I, there's enough stuff. The stuff I like in this movie, I like a lot. It's just um, a kind of Well, we're going to do our yes. ranking. Okay. But yeah. isn't it cool that he disappeared from Hollywood yeah. permanently, yes. I'm sure. Yeah. Made yeah. a really yeah. good movie. Yeah. An epic. And didn't do anything for 10 more years. Yeah. And then made a masterpiece. Yes. It's cool that he didn't hit rock bottom and be one of these guys like yes. Randy Harlan. Yeah, Peterson, who just are never no, going to do anything. he rehabbed his, and then he made Elle and it got a fucking Oscar nomination. He made that movie and it got an Oscar nomination. He's the opposite, which is insane. Yeah. He's the opposite of, of the Hollow Man in that he looked in the mirror and didn't like what he saw and took stock. And, and then and and he yeah, felt like Hollywood you, was making him When you hollow. watch yes. Elle, you're they call like. call it Hollywood for I a mean, reason. Elle has fucking video game yeah. porn in it. Yes. Like, it's not like he like went stately, you know? No, he's still the same old Paul. And the Black Book is really yeah. lurid and sexual. Yes. And it is thrilling. The but other thing that's fascinating. Black, black book's no, great. Yeah. Okay. The other thing that's fascinating. Jeez, I just broke my microphone. Oh my God, holy the other thing. Shit. I'm good. I'm good, Ben. I'm good. Ben's so mad. Ben's furious. He's struggled with rage. Yeah. The other He's thing. With rage. The other thing that's interesting about L, and I guess we'll just do a fucking L episode now. But that L is kind of to the French erotic thriller what the Verhoeven Hollywood movies are mm-hmm. to the American blockbuster. Like it's him adopting an yeah, outsider no, perspective to saying. the dominant right. genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. right. I want to. Yeah, one thing. Like I'm sure okay, we're doing up. a bonus. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I'm sure will come up uh, box office wise, but like talk about the American blockbuster. But like you know, two weeks before this movie, uh huh. X Men. Yeah. Right. Th- right. This, well, yeah. This we're is gonna a, do the box yeah, office yeah. game right now. Not to exactly. spoil any element of it, yeah. but there's no chance you wouldn't have gotten that. Look, the the man it, got is, beaten by the men. This is like to me like. There's no clearer thing that like this era is over. Yep. Yeah. The nineties are, are over. Yes, right. you're right. Uh adult R rated sci-fi high concept thrillers okay. yeah. are this, over. This is a good box office. And game. as of two weeks prior to the release of this movie, like this is the thing now. And you have mm-hmm. this summer is kick started by the highest grossing film of that summer, which was Mission Impossible Two. Correct. Yeah. And is like once again, here's a passing of the baton. It's no longer the star driven. Right. But the but there's still Gladiator this year. You know, there are still yeah. these movies yeah. that now no studio would be interested right. but it's in. shifting. Yeah, yeah, it is shifting. Because especially go Russell Crowe at that point to put that big of a budget on well, him. Well, you know who was, was going like, to be the star? Guy Pierce? Banderas. What? You didn't know that? Hmm. Of Gladiator? That's why he's Spanish. That's insane. In the movie, he's called the Spaniard. They're, you know, he's Maximus, yeah. but they keep calling him, oh, the they Spaniard. Didn't, they didn't change that after Banderas They decided failed. not to change that uh, because hmm. it, who cares? It's That's Iberia insane. anyway. Yeah. But like, it's like that was a Banderas role. Wow. I think Banderas would be a lot of fun in that movie. I don't know if be it's fun. as good yeah. because 
Russell Crowe has is phenomenal in that movie. I think it's but, just uh, like that's the role he was designed exactly, to play. Right, right, right. Okay, but I do feel like that to me is the thing when I look this up because again I didn't yeah. look at what else was out at this time, but I just know that X Men had just come out. Yeah, because right, X Men is July, a, a July movie, and yeah. now. 17 years later, like the idea of there being a movie like Hollow, Hollow Man is insane. Yeah. And the idea of there being a movie like X-Men is monthly. Right. And um, I, I was, I mean, bi-weekly this practice. summer I was all about X-Men. I was oh, just boy. like X-Men obsessive. Came out the weekend of my birthday. Oh, Couldn't have been happier. I yeah. was been waiting my whole life for it. Yeah. That was how I felt when I saw X-Men. I was like, I can't, they finally made something approaching what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I had all the trading cards. I was like all in on I had also everything. seen Hugh Jackman on stage in Oklahoma. Oh, so I was even yeah. in on Hugh Jackman before yeah. the movie came out. Like that's how far into X-Men I was. I was so into and X-Men. And I loved to fly away home. So sure. I was like on the Anna Paquin train. I was going to say, I was so into X-Men that for the year or two after this, I felt personally invested in the career of every actor in X-Men. So Me I remember too. seeing like Sugar and Spice opening weekend because Marsden was in it. Yeah. And like Disturbing Swordfish. Disturbing baby. Right. Like a- any of the movies that had any of the X-Men in them, I was behind. Swordfish is another kind of relic oh, of like the kind of thing here yeah. that's going out. Like, I, yes. would, I would love to do a Swordfish. Dominic Senna. That's our next Oh God! That's Dominic. That's who's right to that. Dominic yeah. Senna. Right? Why did yeah. I think that it was Simon West? Because uh, they're that's very a, that's similar. A good guess. <laughs> because, because, it makes, <laughs> because it makes no difference. Yeah. Uh, no, that is Dominic Senna in between like California and Gone in sixty mm-hmm. seconds. He made Swordfish, yeah. which has that absolutely. No, it's after Gone in sixty seconds. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, a absolutely horrifying monologue from John Travolta that opens the oh, whole my. movie. I look at yeah. that monologue all the time. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so funny. But he's like, they don't shoot the hostages yeah. it's it, it's just monologuing to like a video camera about hollywood and how hollywood movies are crap and he has like they make the, shit. the the, yeah. the razor the soul pen. patch yeah. it's not even a soul patch yeah, it's right. like it, it's, a it's, it's like, like a, a it's vertical like a, hitler mustache it's like a soul <laughs> saber it's like razor thin is it true alex that every time you've auditioned an actor for any of your films you've had That's them the do monologue. that monologue That's the monologue yeah <laughs> you just hand them the sides script, <laughs> the script is top secret so you're gonna do this monologue from swordfish and when you're given the choice to walk in, when they're like, have you prepared something? You're like, yes, I'll be doing yeah. John Travolta's monologue from Swordfish or a nice monologue from Crash about racism. <laughs> oh, my God. I did see someone do a Crash monologue once, and I was like, Why? Hmm, bold statement. <laughs> yeah, that is bold. We all stop crashing, crashing into, into each other. I couldn't tell you one fucking line from Crash. I just remember crashing into each other. I just remember that when I walked out of Crash, I was like, so she falls down the stairs because she was so mean to her cleaning lady that the cleaning lady cleaned too much and so the stairs were slippery, right? And everyone else was like, huh? Like, you're thinking yeah. too hard. Yeah. Anyway, okay, uh, number one, what's Hollow Man? Man, 26 million. That's a good opening. For 2000, for August, that's it's a fine. healthy fucking opening. It's fine. It I'm, makes... Got my money. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> Twice. How much was a King of Prussia ticket back then? Eight dollars. I was gonna guess eight. Do you want to hear something really embarrassing? Sure. I the only movie I've seen multiple times in one weekend, I think, was the first Shrek. The only movie? That's the worst thing I've ever heard in my I'm, life. I'm sorry. I think that's the only movie I saw. I saw literally Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, oh my god. Is that true? That's even worse. I, I definitely see movies twice in one weekend. So like you won't see Last Jedi like Thursday and Saturday? I saw I remember seeing Force Awakens Thursday and Sunday. Yeah, yeah. You know, I do this even still like once a year for whatever this movie is. I might right. have seen Wally three consecutive days in a row when it came out. Such I don't do it as much as I used yeah. to. I mean, at this time, I would have done it regularly. Like this probably would yeah, have been the third sure. movie this summer I did it for. Sure, because you got to see it with other friends. Yes, I that was. The I thing. got it. I got it. That All right, we got it. Guys. Shrek, where I saw it with my my little sister right. on a Friday. Ben's there was right. a birthday Griffin, party on Saturday. So on the Prince of Sunday, <laughs> my dad, I remember, showed me the box office for Shrek and said like. That's your thirty dollars uh-huh. right there. there you, like, go. you moved that decimal point over. Right. You saw it Number one times. is Hallman. Number two is the previous film. 
number one the previous week. Sorry. Not X-Men? No, no. X-Men is number six, so it's not even in the top Oh, five. interesting. So I didn't uh, ruin anything by talking about it. You didn't. You didn't. Well, okay. well done. Number X-Men's six been after out for a month. two weeks. It's been out for a month. I thought it came out July 16th. It came out July 14th. Oh, oh it came out on my birthday. Yeah, I thought yeah, it yeah. came out. Oh, Wide Shut came out the 16th, uh, a year earlier. Gotcha. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, you know, came so out, X-Men came out July on my 14th. birthday. Oh, yes, so that was yes. a great day for me. What a great day. Um, uh, so number two was number one week before. It's a sequel in a comedy. Well, I mean, Professor to the Clowns? Correct. I remember we saw the trailer for that in front of some movie. I was with my mother watching some probably very nice movie. Yeah. And we saw the trailer for that and she leaned over and she said, you would have to point a gun at me to see that film. My dad gladly took me <laughs> opening weekend, me and Jamesy. Talk about uh, a movie. I saw that movie at least twice in theaters. Talk about a movie with a, an unacceptable amount of sexual violence. Correct. Uh, hamster on man violence. Yep. Uh, that movie has dropped 60%, so, but still 18 million in its second weekend. It's dropping like a clump. It's, it's clumping down there. Made 123 domestic. It Jesus. Uh, number three is a new movie from uh, one of America's most established uh, Oscar lauded auteurs who makes like eight movies a year. And this movie is like completely anonymous. And also like I saw it in theaters and it stars a bunch of guys. And I, 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 I don't know. He makes eight movies a year. He, I mean, He's I'm kidding. Oscar. He's incredibly prolific. He's incredibly prolific. He's won like three Oscars. He's won three Oscars. He might have four. I don't know how many he has. He has a lot of Oscars. Jeez. Okay. Wait, what, he what still makes movies today? What's the number it did? Uh, and it's first week in 18 mil. And what did it end up at domestically? Good question. Uh, 90. Wow, so it played well. Uh, and it's uh, set in space a little bit. Oh, 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 it's Space Cowboys. All right, fine. Well, I'll give it away. Did you see Space Cowboys? I saw that. No, I never saw Space Cowboys. I saw Space Cowboys. It's kind of rude because it's um, Eastwood, Sutherland, Garner, who are all like old. Yeah. And then Tommy Lee Jones, who's like, 15 to 20 years younger than them, but they're kind of like looping him in. It's like the crew. But wouldn't he have been the, like the young hotshot? He's the young hotshot. Yeah. That's yeah. the idea, yeah. Like how I haven't seen that movie, but I knew that right away. Right, John Hamm's in that movie. Do you remember the crew, though? That's no. like oh, Seymour yeah. Cassell. No. Burt Reynolds? No, we don't. Right, and then Richard uh, Dreyfuss no. is 15 we're, years we're, younger. We're going him. past this. All right, <laughs> number four. We'll do our crew cast later. Number Alex. four yeah. is, uh, oh, fuck, uh, based on a famous bar. Coyote Ugly? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which opened to 17 million in fourth place. It was a big hit. I saw that. That may on have a, been part of a double feature that I did with this movie. Yeah. I saw that on a date, a little 14 Sorry to year take old that away date. from no, you. No, uh, I was just so excited yeah. to say Hyper, that. Parabo, Parabo, John yeah. Goodman, Mar- Maria Bello, John, Bridget yeah. Moynihan. It was a Parabo vehicle. Uh, uh, she learned how to dance on the bar, I guess. I don't, a I movie based on a famous bar is a great way to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. There's only yeah. two. There's that and CBGB from a few years ago. Right. Uh huh. Uh, number five Cocktail is, is based on famous number bartender. five is like a sort of mainstream <laughs> thriller that was a huge summer hit. Uh, what lies beneath? What lies beneath? Yeah, which we've discussed many times on this podcast. It's a crazy box office performance. Uh, yeah, one fifty. A lot yeah. of good movies here. Yeah, yeah. This I can't believe X Men is what a great of, week. What, what, this is yeah. what it's August, August August tenth. Yeah, so I didn't even give you the date. It's August fourth. August fourth. I can't believe X Men's wow. not even yeah. in the top five that soon. I it's thought it would be number four. Two. I mean, sorry, number six, uh, six million. Yeah. It's made 136. You got Scary Movie, Perfect Storm, mm. Disney's The Kid. Disney's The Kid. The Patriot, Pokemon The Movie 2000, which I saw alone in a giant multiplex. We talked about Pokemon, Weird Al Yankovic song in the soundtrack. Yes. It's called Pokemon. Pokemon. Thomas and the Magic Railroad with Mara Wilson and Alec Baldwin. I've got to find more gold dust. <laughs> That's one of those trailer lines I used to make fun of all the time. Do you remember that? 
I do. When uh, they say Alec Baldwin, there's a shot of him just springing up awake in bed like don't wake daddy ben going Hosley, I gotta find more gold dust Ben Hosley has been put through a lot recently and uh, I would say this is another one uh, yeah. for the books yeah <laughs> well let's say let's say we're gonna do a bonus episode yeah, but we'll let's do. let's announce our next miniseries oh good call oh yeah oh yeah because that's right and I know what the name of it is gentlemen and lady we're still debating over the name of this Miniseries is podcast news. It says pod as it casts, and it's the Alex, films of James L. Brooks. Podcast I'm, news. I'm happy to be here to get to hear an announcement like right. that. Yeah, uh, that's that's the perfect title for it. I agree. Is okay. it as pod as it casts? I mean, it almost <laughs> seems like you. I mean, that's obviously less good. Almost seems like you. <laughs> Don't say obviously. Realized if we did a James L. Brooks series, we could call it Podcast News. Right? Has that it's, been used for anything? Has that phrase existed anywhere I don't else? So. I don't know. I hope they're that they, I invented it and yeah. I get royalties on whatever like NPR show called Podcast, Podcast News, News eventually yeah. gets invented. That's really yeah. clever. Yeah, yeah. What would the other ones be? As, as Podcast, which is really good. <laughs> How does it cast? How do you podcast? How do you cast? <laughs> Spang mm. podcast. Podcast list. <laughs> He did Terms of Endearment? Yeah. Right. Pods, uh, of, Endear Pods cast. of Endear cast. No, I think Podcast News is clearly the winner. I Thank you. I've been given the seal of approval by okay, Alex well, Ross Perry. We'll continue arguing over this. Uh, How many bonus episodes will that series have? 17. Uh, yeah, it's going to have one. We're going to do every episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> We're going to do every episode of Mary <laughs> Tyler its Moore. own episode. Yep. <laughs> its own bonus episode. Yeah, just Bro- uh, Brooks on TV is one. Yeah. One yeah, we'll just watch everything in preparation for that. And yeah. we'll just... Beyond as madmen. Did yes. you did you hear him when he was on on Marin? When he locked the gates, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was he good? Canyon Jim, really good episode. Yeah, it's really good. He's a smart guy. He's really smart. We're gonna talk about it. Smart, smart, but not based on what our world is right now. No, right. he's very right. smart, and he doesn't understand the world that he lives in. Right, correct. Which, which is fascinating. Right. He wishes the world had never changed. Yes. Uh, and it changed on him right around Spanglish time. Right. Yeah. No, no one has, like, he came out of the gates as hot as someone can and yep. lost it as dramatically as someone and can. And then kind of got it back and then really lost it again. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike Verhoeven, he doesn't have a country to return to. That's true. Well, he returns to the land the Bronx. of Springfield. Yeah, the Bronx, whatever. <laughs> I don't know where he's from. Canyon like Jim. That's his whole Twitter account. He lives right. in the canyon. All right, Ben. He seems to be getting some kind of cattle prod out. Oh, no, I see. It's a Roku remote. <laughs> be fun if you had a cattle prod, though. I should get one. All right. Ben is holding a stun gun right Alex, now. Alex, you'll be back. Yeah, thank you for having me. We'll have you back. It's always a pleasure to have yeah, you on For a Dominic Senna miniseries. We'll have you on for Swordfish. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be cool. Pod in 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's know. what it's called. There you go. You named that one, too. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, please check out Golden Exits. Uh, and, yeah, and, and, the and join that movie's uh, great. Filmstruck. Uh, mm-hmm. Watch all this film. Filmstruck, yep. great service. Worth, worth uh, you know, getting in on uh, anyway. Yep. Uh, I think they're buying my entire filmography recently, so oh, you're probably going to be able to see uh, Can't wait my to bakery see in Where Brooklyn, the <laughs> Where the Gonzo, Free the Nipple. Romy and Ely's uh, No Kissless? Naomi and Eli's No Kissless, please. No disrespect no uh, to all the great films I've been in. Sorry. So sorry. I haven't yeah. seen that one. Yeah, show uh, some respect. Uh, what's it called? Uh, what? Fucking uh, The Beach. Uh, Fort Tilton. Well, but that doesn't fit in with the joke I made. Right, 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 right. That one's actually interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you all for listening please remember to rate, review, subscribe thank you to Lane Montgomery for our social media and for Gudo for thank you for Lane god damn it Jesus Ready? Christ and for Gudo social media Lane Montgomery theme song Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds artwork is that it? please remember to rate, review, subscribe we yeah. said already go to reddit.blankies.com realnerdyshow.edu.org <laughs> angelfire.com/blankies yes yeah. 8028 burger burger hotline 8028 burger call into the burger report hotline anytime yeah. Should have asked Alex for burger. Wait, reports. no, I didn't. 
Can I just mention the thing I said I was going to talk about? Oh, please. Very briefly. Uh, well, I, so, and as always. <laughs> as always. So, Griffin, when I saw you at the mother premiere at Metrograph. Hummelbrag, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, right. I was talking to you and you said, I'm going to get out of here. Very tired. Uh-huh. You said goodbye. Yeah. I looked up five minutes later and you were standing talking to Kevin Bacon and Kara Sedgwick. And I said, uh, I guess Griffin didn't leave. And there was uh, nothing but tiny sliders being passed around at that party. Now, I, we didn't see Bacon eating, eating doop, one. Doop, 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 doop. Do you think he gets bacon on his But I thought, it was, I thought it was very cool that you were like, I'm going to get out of here. I'm exhausted. And then two minutes later, I just saw you talking to Kevin Bacon. And so Sedgwick. I was exhausted. I wanted to leave. My father, as I was trying to leave. Roped you in. Went, hey, Kevin, you, remember my, you know my son Griffin, right? And afterwards, I said, why do you say that? And he went, well, you're both on Amazon. There you go. You guys my, hang out at the water Part cooler. of the Amazon family. My dad literally said, he, man, he must have been so excited to talk to you. And I went, he had no idea who the fuck I am. What are you talking about? You're both on Amazon. That's a beautiful thing to say. He must have been so excited to talk That's to you. That's what my father what, said. What, I, his, your dad's the best. Yeah, my dad's a good guy. So yeah, so there's, as, as always, I remember seeing you talk to Kevin Bacon at Metrograph. Who had no idea who I was and was not was excited nice? to see me. He was very nice. A, a mere 10 feet away from both myself and Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Who neither of us talked to? No. No. She's, okay. uh, she's doing fine. Okay. Red Sparrow's coming out right about now. Yeah, goodbye.